Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus with you. And we've got a very busy show today. Huge weekend for the Winnipeg Jets and a massive game tonight in Dallas. Ken Weeb, Weeb's World himself, is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes or so. We'll break it down, get his thoughts on certainly the game on Tuesday, but a look ahead to massive weekend with back-to-back games in the division in Dallas and in Nashville coming up on the program. We will also get ready for the big game on Sunday. Bengals, Rams, Super Bowl is here. And that means we'll have a little visit with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Um, Get Lee's thoughts on Super Bowl week, the big stories around the league heading into Sunday. And of course, all the player awards that were announced last night at the NFL Honors event. And as I said, we're now a soccer show, folks, or a soccer nation, a soccer show. And guess what? Soccer season's just around the corner. Valor FC is going to be kicking off their training camp next week. And for the first time, we're going to have the new skipper of the club, Philip Dos Santos, join us uh, coming up into the 2 o'clock hour. We'll be interested to hear his thoughts, meet him for the first time, talk about the upcoming season for Valor FC, and certainly get his thoughts on uh, where soccer's going in this country with the performance of our Canadian men's national team. And at the end of the program, it's Friday. And you know what that means? It's marble time. We have one of these uh, sweet Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club hoodies to give away. And I do believe uh, maybe a special bonus prize from our friends at Boston Pizza with a gift service. We'll let you know Boston Pizza's got a lot going on over the next few days, of course, with Valentine's Day and their Heart and Stroke fundraiser. And, of course, some awesome promos for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm speaking of Boston Pizza, a big shout out to them and the rest of our sponsors, along with Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. So uh, a little soccer, a little football, and a lot of hockey coming up, and then marbles to finish off the week. Let's get Michael Remus in here to get things going. Remote. Super Bowl weekend just about here. But before we get to the big game on Sunday, two huge games for the Winnipeg Jets starting tonight in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but um, I saw someone else tweet like the hype machine. I haven't been swept up in Super Bowl hype. I mean, I was so fired up during the divisional playoffs, a wild card, even though the games all sucked and the conference final. But I don't know. I just haven't like uh, Super Bowl. It hasn't. I don't even have a party uh, planned for Sunday. Some of my friends text our group. So, like, are we doing anything Sunday? Like, what's what's the plan? I'm sure once the game, you know, once kickoff, I'll be all jacked. And I'm super, I'm actually more fired up for this halftime show well, with uh, Dr. Dre and Eminem and, and Snoop Dogg and Mary J. Blige. So, uh, you know, it's a great weekend. I'm, I'm just going one day at a time, I think, Hust. You know, the Jets, we had CFL free agency, the Jets game Tuesday. And so once we get closer to kickoff, I'll be, I'll be glued to the well, TV. And you know what? Tonight is a hell of a sports night just to get into it because, of course, we've got this Dallas-Winnipeg game that's of, uh, of most importance to Winnipeg Jet fans. Uh, but just as that game's finishing, we'll be able to flip over and see Canada and the U.S. go at it in Olympic hockey. Now, yes, we don't have the NHLers there. Just it's tantalizing thinking about what that game would be like 10 p.m. on a Friday night with Crosby and McDavid going up against Eichel and Matthews. 
Uh, it's not happening, but it's still Canada versus the USA on one of the biggest stages in mm. all of sports. So uh, tell you what, I'm looking forward to buckling up tonight and watching a heck of a lot of hockey on the tube. Yeah, that's awesome. They have DraftKings for uh, Olympic hockey. Can I put Eric <laughs> O'Dell on my squad? Uh, I'll, I'll tune in. You know, I tuned in last night to USA women against Czechia. Man, it got uh, got pretty tight there. Shout out to TSN putting up the alert that they had a close game in the third. The Czechia goalie did everything, but, uh, you know, they eventually put a couple uh, past her. So, uh, you know, the Canadian women as well this morning, <laughs> dominating performance. What is that? Like a touchdown? <laughs> what a massacre. A field goal and a rouge. I mean, I, I was uh, pretty, uh, pretty wild, pretty wild to see that kind of score. So Olympics full swing, but also jet hockey tonight, and PLD is back. Yeah, so uh, we've got a heck of a lot to get to today, um, and of course, the uh, we'll get to the Jets in just a second. You mentioned last night watching some of that U.S. Women's Czechia game. Uh, there was also, I mean, just some amazing, and this is going to be a real fun weekend. If you don't have anything to do and you can stay up later, you can stay up all night, you can sleep in when things aren't going on, uh, you know, between the curling, the hockey, uh, everything that's happened on the slopes. Um, it was great. Sean White, the legend, uh, I guess he had his final run last night. Remus uh, did the uh, did the finish. I guess he finished fourth just off the podium uh, and retired yesterday. That was a big story. Uh, and then on the curling side of things, and we'll do our Princess Auto curling report a little later on, Jennifer Jones in Canada lost for the first time ever at the Olympics. And it was such a fascinating game. I don't know if you saw any of it, but these Japanese women curlers are maybe the most delightful athletes I've ever come across. I mean, they had, were having so much fun in this matchup last night against Canada. And you really saw some of the pressure that goes with being the Canadian representative in Olympic curling, uh, you know, maybe affect Jen Jones a little bit. Um, just one loss, lots of play left to go. Um, they'll be looking good. They've got the uh, Swedes coming up tonight, uh, pretty much at the same time as the Jets and Dallas will be going on. So you might need to fire up a couple TVs, but uh, fun night of Olympic watching. And then I got a chance to, I, I said I was going to make a point to watching that Tampa, Colorado game. Heck of a game last night between two of the best teams in the National Hockey League. Yeah, is that a Stanley Cup final preview? And I agree with you. The CBC Gem app, very good. I, you know, I was looking on my guide. I couldn't find that hockey game. I pulled up the app. I can choose whatever I want to watch. Uh, that is one thing we are very lucky to have um, great Olympic coverage in Canada because I've watched a lot of NBC and it gets frustrating. Uh, I was watching, uh, yeah, the half pipe last night. I mean, the half pipe's so cool how high that they get. Uh, and they do all those moves. It's absolutely, uh, absolutely insane. And there was some hockey last night, as you mentioned, Stanley Cup final preview, Colorado, Tampa, but also uh, what Marty St. Louis coaching debut with Montreal. They lost to the Ovechkin list capitals. Um, I think there's a goalie controversy in St. Louis Bennington. I thought it was like an easy win for the, for the blues. They gave up seven uh, to New Jersey, Calgary five in the third period yeah. blew my parlay. I had the blue Same. jackets. I had the avalanche. I had the Canes, the one, you know, just stupid. I mean, it's like, oh, well, of course they'll smoke the Devils. Well, no, they didn't. They gave up five goals in the third period. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't watching that game, but I can only imagine how mental that Binden went. I mean, he's unstable to, you know, at the best of times. Uh, it doesn't seem like a guy that would handle giving up five in a period to lose to a team like New Jersey very well. That, that's pretty rough. And going over a couple i know leafs fans are getting pretty annoyed with their loss uh 5-2 to calgary Carol look out for the flames man yeah look out for the flames calgary dominating or it's not calgary carolina dominating boston 
and a Blue Jackets winner, winning in overtime against Buffalo. Line A uh, didn't score, but uh, got on the assist. As we watch, as we're on the Line A over under goal total, watch. Oh, yeah. Every every Blue Jacket game now, it's, you know, just checking out the uh, the box score. Did he get on yeah. it? Um, he's got 12 right now. We need another eight for him with about half the season left to go. So uh, the fact that he missed as many games as he had, it just needs, you know, a hot week or two. That's what he's had so far this year. So it is uh, it, it is looking pretty good. But let's get to this game tonight. Um, Jets Dallas. We're going to talk about it with Kenny Weeb coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Mike McIntyre, boots on the ground in Dallas, Remo. Uh, uh, said that Pierre-Luc Dubois is back, although he's going to start on the third line, which is interesting. Uh, of getting Svechnikov getting bumped from the third line to the fourth line again just to start. Um, and Christian Veselainen getting bumped out of the lineup for the return of of, of Dubois. I've got, obviously, and Svechnikov going down. And... Um, no, I can't say that I'm surprised that Veselin is the uh, the odd man out. I mean, the guy's had plenty of opportunities, and uh, we just have not seen, uh, you know, him really be very impactful right now. And, um, you know, if it come down to Veselin and Svechnikov, I, I can't disagree with Dave Lowry going with Svech, but it's an interesting decision considering it sort of seemed like Svech was maybe a little bit in the doghouse or at least down on the Dave Lowry depth chart a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so we're going, uh, going through the lines um, tonight, and yes, Hold on one sec. Someone's asking in chat if Pionk and Dubois were back. You were saying Dubois. I got got mixed up on Pionk there. He's back in with Hainala. Here are the lines. Stasny, Shafley, Wheeler, Connor, Kopp, Perfetti, Lowry, Dubois, Reichel, Harkins, Tony Nato, Svechnikov, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan Schmidt, Hainala, Pionk. Um, there's the lines. Connor Hellbuck and Ned, and I agree with you. I mean, best line, and he hasn't really produced. I think Svechnikov has produced more. Give him the shot, and... I know a lot of people on Twitter has mad online right now. Why is Pierre-Luc Dubois on the third line? What is this team doing? Bottom six player now. Yeah, he's bottom six player. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then, But Dubois, I mean, look, he hadn't skated. Uh, he's been quarantined in his hotel in New York. Um, he doesn't even, have, according to Mike McIntyre, who spoke with Dubois, doesn't even have a suit on the road trip. I don't even know how they're letting him play. He doesn't have what, a suit. Doesn't have a suit. They didn't make him go to like some store and buy one, so he's game dressed. Respect. Look like a professional. Yeah, he's got to look like a pro. Got to <laughs> respect the game. One thing that I, <laughs> I come on, PLD. What they didn't go, didn't go get t- a Taylor one made. But um, one thing that I love from Pierre Luc Dubois. Well, we always like to hear what do you do in quarantine. Well, Pierre Luc Dubois is saying. He watched uh, The Dirt, the Motley Crue movie, three times, and now is an expert on Motley Crue. And if you needed another reason for PLD to be your favorite player, that is the reason right there. I don't know if Mike asked him what his favorite song was or what, but uh, I loved uh, hearing that. So I think PLD's fired up. He loved the double fights in the Minnesota game. And um, he's going to be on the third line. Now, Lowry said us. Just because, hey, we're starting these as the Lions doesn't mean it's going to be the Lions the whole game. Come on, you guys. So uh, we'll see what happens during the game. Yeah, I'm not worried about Pierre-Luc Dubois being banished to uh, bottom six role and minutes going forward. I mean, we'll see what happens at the beginning. But speaking of Motley Crue, uh, Dubois might be uh, Dr. Feelgood himself for Winnipeg Jet fans because if they can help, they can go in and get this win, Remo, 
um, you know, it's exactly the way they really need to start off this um, this back end and this 40 games. Great performance on Monday, a couple days you know, in between. Um, the thing with the Winnipeg Jets is we haven't seen them string together enough of those performances. And uh, no bigger one than this one right now, because it, before we even start talking about what's happening in the Pacific Division, if you're talking about getting a wild card spot, you have to be at least fifth in the Central Division. Uh, and to do that, you're going to have to jump the Dallas Stars because it doesn't look like any of those other four teams are dropping off anytime soon. Yeah, I really think that uh, PLD is going to be the live wire that the Jets need tonight. Um, you know, I think he's really going to kickstart the heart of the team. <laughs> and on this road trip, uh, on this road trip, hopefully it's not the same old situation where they're. <laughs> Where they're, you know, playing some games as a full 60 and some games as, uh, you know, as a, as a not full 60 and you know, get inconsistent efforts. But, you know, we got two games here and then next week it's home sweet home back to the Canada Life Center. Well, it, for sure. And with and with and with fans in and I mean, you know, this entire team is going to need to put together another one of those strong performances, because if they don't, Dave Lowry's going to be on the bench with those looks that kill at his own team. Um, you know, the, I don't know how many more crew references we can get yeah. into this Let's first get segment on, right on now. on with the show. We just got to yeah. get on with the show here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, a heck of a lot of fun. But um, I'll tell you what, no, this game tonight, um, I think this is a huge test for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, there is so much road to travel for the Jets before they, um, you know, are realistically in the conversation for the playoffs. Uh, but there's a few key things that they need to do. We talked about getting a little bit more consistency. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is getting points, but especially against these teams that you are chasing. And hey, uh, what happens in the Pacific? We will see. I mean, Edmonton's struggling. Uh, they've got a game at home against the Islanders right now. We'll see what happens with Anaheim and LA. But nothing in the Pacific Division matters until the Jets can get past the Dallas Stars into a minimum of fifth place in the Central Division. And uh, a head-to-head -head win tonight, a clean win tonight, would uh, go a long way for the Winnipeg Jets to improving their chances of doing exact, exactly that. Yeah, I think the Jets just need to go out tonight and show their wild side against the Dallas Stars because <laughs> we saw it on Tuesday against Minnesota and they're going to need to play the same way tonight. Sorry. Rio is channeling his inner uh, Rick Ralph. Uh, just getting Rick in yesterday. Uh, th th that was this is a, some great Rick influence on uh, on the program today. Well, you dropping. started it when you said Doctor Feelgood, and I was like, well, <laughs> I, did. I can Google. I'll just like Google a list of them, a list of them here. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just having having fun here on yeah, Friday. Well, anyways, we're gonna get to that with uh, with Ken coming up in uh, in a few minutes. Um, you know, there's still a lot of fallout from Andrew Harris's signing in Toronto. Uh, I knew he uh, met the media yesterday and uh, did a lot of the, uh, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, saying goodbyes or speaking about the uh, the breakup between he and uh, his team for the last five, six years. Uh, but there was some great news today, Remo, from Blue Bomberland. And that, of course, is uh, Winnipeg or nothing himself. Brandon Alexander, the guy that dropped that on the show. Jeff Hamilton said he was 100% confident that Alexander would be back. And in fact, he is uh, the Bomber All-Star Safety. He was returning to the club on not a one, but a two-year deal today. A lot of happy Bomber fans online today with that news. Yeah, we tweeted out the clip of when he was on here back in December. A great interview. Uh, go back December 15 show. Um, where he said, yeah, as you said, Winnipeg or nothing, and how much he loves playing for the fans. 
And there was a lot of questions, you know, we're waiting for it. I know he said Winnipeg or nothing, but you never know. We're gonna have Jeff Hamilton was on here saying, don't worry, guys, Brandon Alexander's back. It's nice to have the official news and hear the two-year deal when you see so many guys getting a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. You know, hear what he means uh, to the DBs, to the defense. Uh, very pumped to see that be made official. But, I mean, he did, he was injured in the Grey Cup or he was injured in the, uh, in the West Final, right? And yeah. uh, he did play hurt in the Grey Cup. So the timeline on that kind of unknown. But, hey, two-year deal, you got to be pretty happy. Well, and, and you know what? And you mentioned the DBs. Um, you know, I remember last year, I mean, our big question on this program was, you know, who's going to be playing the corner position? Um, and how quickly could they get acclimatized to the Canadian Football League, the new game? And, of course, you had Alford and Nichols, who acquitted themselves very well. Uh, but they'll be the first ones to tell you that that leadership and the quarterback nature of Alexander as that guy in the defensive secondary for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers was massive. Uh, and I think there's a very good chance that, you know, they could be doing a similar operation next year. Well, Winston Rose is back. So, I mean, you won't be starting from scratch like the Bombers kind of seemed to be last year, going into training camp, bringing in 30 or 35 DBs to compete for spots. Uh, but the bottom line is having Brandon Alexander in that defensive secondary as a leader is, um, you know, it will be, I think, make it a much smoother transition like it was for Alford and Nichols if there are new players in the Bombers secondary next season. Yeah, huge. I'm curious what the Bombers, you know, defense is going to look like. It seems like it's mostly uh, intact. Now, there are a lot of the changes have been mostly uh, on offense here with Darvin and Andrew Harris and Kenny Lawler leaving, but. You know, I think the core of the Bombers is, um, you know, their identity is this strong defense. And, you know, you hope the offense can come together, even though they have some, some new faces. But I am looking forward to, uh, to the Bomber season. And this, you know, the CFL free agency week has been so much fun. Uh, it's, been, it's been awesome. You know, great to have the CFL. Uh, in, it seems like there's a signing every day. So well done to them. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, Hassan Remus with you here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I was just checking the email to see if uh, I uh, got anything from the Winnipeg Jets in relation to tickets, Reem. And now, mm -hmm. listen, I've been doing uh, Lock Shop. I was on in Edmonton this morning, did some TV, uh, talking Super Bowl betting Whoa, with some folks in Regina. So I have not paid close attention to all the details, uh, but it does sound like uh, we're getting closer to the end game with all these restrictions. And certainly that'll be good news when it comes, uh, certainly for the local hockey team, to get more butts in seats. Uh, fill us in on uh, what we learned today and uh, what that means for the sports fans, we don't need to get down into the uh, the politics of it all. Yeah, we're just going to talk about what it means for uh, hockey attendance. Everyone's wondering. And they did announce, uh, so in March 1, no proof of vaccination will be required in Manitoba. Uh, no masks required on March 15. Starting next Tuesday, uh, not this, so not the uh, Monday game, uh, the Jets can have 100% capacity. So all in all, after all these postponements, only four games were affected by attendance limits. You had the two 50% games and the two with 250 people. Um, so that's, that's about it, Huss. And we're looking forward to having full buildings. You know, we saw the impact that a crowd can have on a team on Tuesday against Minnesota. And, you know, hopefully, maybe this is the spark that they needed. Hold on. Is there a Motley Crew? 
song that I can, <laughs> I can, can I can go? Well, they, they could kickstart that. I, I, kick, I already kick, kickstart their I, comeback. I, I already yeah, you, you used, used that, that one already. One. I use that one. I'm trying to do uh, do different ones. Mason Harris, super great crew references, guys. I'm watching on delay. You were too fast for love. Yeah, <laughs> nicely done, nicely done, Mace. Um, you you know what? Hey, uh, I, I'm. I'm going to be really interested to see how this works, um, you know, with the club, you know, with the crowds, um, you know, obviously they've you know, got their season ticket base. How many of those people will be comfortable going back into an arena with no restrictions, um, you know, over the course of the next month, I guess will remain to be seen. Whether that changes the secondary ticket market for Winnipeg Jets, I think is going to be something that we'll certainly be following. Um, and even the games next week, Green, because, I mean, it's a very busy week. You've got the game on Monday against Chicago on Valentine's Day. That's still under these 50% re- restrictions. But if things change on Tuesday, um, there will be the ability, certainly for that big rematch against the Minnesota Wild on uh, next Wednesday, I would imagine to get more people in. I'm just trying to think, though. I mean, as far as, you know, if you were a season ticket holder, you had two games and you missed two games. Uh, I'm not sure whether they can retroactively maybe get seats back into the hands of people that did not have those games. That'll be something. I'll do some research on that over the course of the weekend. Um, we'll wait to see what the Jets have to say to their season ticket holders, and that'll certainly be something we'll update people on the program on Monday before uh, that Valentine's Day game. And by the way, if you are going to games next week, make sure to check those times. 8 o'clock start on Monday, I believe, and then a 6 o'clock start on Wednesday, Reem. So a little different than uh, the normal 7 o'clock start time. But bottom line is, I think most people very happy of the direction that we're going in. And uh, certainly was a heck of a lot of fun to be in that rink uh, last week against the Minnesota Wild. And I'm looking forward to doing it again next week. Yeah, I mean, that game, uh, rivalry between Jets and Minnesota, so awesome. You're going to have it again Wednesday, full crowd. I mean, interesting start times next week, because you said the 8 o'clock Monday, get your Valentine's Day dinner in, then go to the game, and then the Wednesday, 6 o'clock starts. So uh, I will be there on the on the Wednesday game. I don't know, maybe I can talk my wife, hey, we can go to a Valentine's Day Jets game, maybe, but um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. So it's uh, Big week coming up here. Big, big week, Hus. Maybe yeah, biggest it, week it, of the year. Indeed, Brad, we're going to be talking. Well, we're going to be. Hopefully, we'll continue to be saying that because the Jets mm. need to keep winning to continue making the subsequent weeks mm. the next biggest week and game of the year. Yeah. But make no mistake about it. This one tonight, as Chris Beck just said in uh, in, in chat tonight, is big. They can't afford to slip. Um, this is such an important two points, and we'll get to it with Ken Weeb coming up a little later on on the program. Um, hey, before we do that, I want to give a, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen. Uh, our gang over at F Apparel are ready for 2022, whether it is grads, whether it's weddings, or you're just looking to get into a suit that fits and looks great, F Apparel is the place to do it. A full line of custom clothing for any occasions including suits, dress shirts, winter jackets, golf pants, chinos, and much, much more. Uh, every guy, as I mentioned, needs one suit that fits and looks great, and F's custom-made suits begin at just $3.99. Uh, they've got a fantastic deal right now. If you've got a high schooler that's getting ready to do their graduation, uh, as well as wedding parties, um, you know, if you've got a wedding um Get down there, talk to Andrew and the guys. They'll get you 15% off uh, your entire wedding party 
when you uh, order a suit, shirt, and tie. And uh, for those kids that are graduating, if you've got a, a high schooler bringing their current high school ID to F, they'll get a free custom dress shirt and tie with any suit order. So essentially a custom-made suit, shirt, and tie for as little as $3.99 F Apparel. They're down at 190 Smith Street and online at F-E-P-H Apparel. Dot com. Um, it is heart month and our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market are uh, always equipped with everything that you need to uh, make yourself feel a little bit better and live a little healthier. Uh, it's time to stock up on heart healthy supplements and foods at Vita Health Fresh Market. They've got great prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products and groceries. And some amazingly delicious and healthy lunch options like Vita Market salads, soups, sandwiches, and much more. Seven Winnipeg locations for our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. Uh, and of course, you know, while we're talking about, you know, maybe being a little healthier, it all starts with Cullion water. I mean, you got to be hydrated. And when we're talking water in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, we're talking the experts at Culligan who've been doing it for over 65 years as a family owned business uh, with everything you need when it comes to water, water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems and citywide water delivery services. And if you or your business has some water needs, Talk to the experts at Culligan. They've got commercial and industrial water products and solutions as well. Culligan Water, they're down at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can call them at 694-5180 or find out more online at drinkculligan.com. Um, looking forward to getting Kenny on the program a little bit later on. And I should mention again, uh, maybe coming up in our next break, I'll let you know what Boston Pizza has going on for the Super Bowl. If you're looking for a great spot to watch the game, uh, you're definitely going to want to think about your local Boston Pizza uh, and stick around for the marble race because uh, I think we've got an extra prize today, a gift card, $50 gift card for Boston Pizza, uh, which we'll do a little bit later on. So Ken Weeb coming up uh, in just a minute. We'll also get to the some Super Bowl talk with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton a little bit later on. Um, but I will mention Dustin Nielsen and I just finished up the lock shop, uh, a big edition of the lock shop. We did a uh, partner prop parlay with Chris Abbott, Dustin and myself and went through some of our favorite prop bets for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, so if you're listening on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, just put in lock shop, do us a favor, give us a sub. Uh, we'll have lots of fun things to uh, talk about and bet on post Super Bowl. But this weekend, all about the big game between the Bengals and Rams. We'll talk about it a little later on with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And uh, maybe get some of uh, Remo's favorite prop bets. I'll give you a few of mine as well when we do the cool bet lines a little later on today. Uh, all right, let's uh, delve into Weeb's world now. Uh, our Friday visit with Ken Weeb and quite a beautiful background he's dropping today are you like at a museum or something ken well, what's going Hus, on that's uh, great to be with you uh, our guy. buddy our buddy jeff hamilton uh, has been showing off some art so i figured i would i would do the same here today this uh, happy to say this is a behind the kitchen table at the uh nicely at the done Weebs, at the weebs world residence did you um i did, did not you, pick is that it out your own piece? i'm also is gonna that, say that is i that your own pick piece? it out <laughs> Pick it out. I thought you maybe were the artist. I mean, you're multi-talented, Ken. Uh, I do. I do love art, but uh, I cannot produce something uh, 
of that uh, exquisite nature. Um, Kenny, it, we'll get to tonight's game and the task at hand for the Winnipeg Jets in a minute, but um, uh, we haven't talked since Tuesday. Uh, what did you think about the Jets' performance against the Minnesota Wild and the way they uh, started this very steep uphill climb to get back into the playoff picture? Well, we heard a lot about blueprints and identity and templates this week, and that was certainly how the Jets would like to play, and that's how they're going to have to play uh, down the stretch if they want to make things interesting here. Uh, we know it's a tall task, and with Calgary winning last night, the sort of the uh, the shifting of the uh, Pacific Division is underway, and now, uh, I mean, we kind of been pointing this out the whole time with the points percentage, that the Jets need to chase down L.A. or Anaheim most likely, but that doesn't matter unless they can catch the Dallas Stars because sixth in the Central is not going to cut it. They need to get to at least fifth in order to make things interesting. Uh, I'm not here to suggest that there needs to be a, uh, a twin bill of scraps uh, happening every game or three fights overall, but uh, the Jets played with the requisite level of intensity. And the most important thing, Huss, was the attention to detail. Their puck management was much better against a wild team that is, you know, can be deadly in transition. And they kept the front of the net pretty clean. And uh, guess what? The two guys we uh, talked about a lot last week and leading up to the All-Star break, Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck, were right in the thick of it. This was not a two-man show by any stretch. But two players under the microscope uh, certainly came back refreshed from the break and came up with a pretty important performance. Um, you know, we'll get to Hellebuck in a sec. Uh, what did you think of Scheifele's game? Because... You know, and I said that was sort of a step in the right direction. And certainly, I mean, being rewarded for some of the chances, like getting that one to go in, I think was just important for him, his mental state. Um, I have to admit, I went back and watched the game because I was at the game. And sure. listen, I'm not going to pick on the guy or anything like that. But I'll tell you what, if this, if he could win half of his puck battles that he was in, I mean, this is a player that would be, I mean, it would fundamentally change the Winnipeg Jets to where they're playing the puck and how many more offensive um, opportunities they're going to get. And I'm not sure whether that's something that can just flip a switch or improve, but I'll tell you what, I mean, uh, you know, there were a lot of good things that he's seen, but the one thing that still is missing is that um, that ability sometimes to win more of those one-on-one -on -one battles because, uh, you know, unfortunately when you don't, it's going back the other way and then he's playing defense, which obviously is not his forte. Sure. And that's the one thing about Mark, Mark is what we've seen. He's incredibly capable of winning those battles down low when he has the puck. Like he, when he, if he gets in a one-on-one -on -one situation, he can kind of turn those defensemen into pretzels at times. So uh, I think what people would like to see is a bigger, stronger guy. Uh, if he could take that along to the board play as well, that would certainly help his game. But uh, as we talked so much about shooting percentage, I mean, the chances that Mark Scheifele's had on his stick that maybe have gone sailed over or maybe ended up in the crest or, uh, you know, hit something on the way in. Uh, when you can get a change up to go, I mean, obviously great play by Kyle Connor to put it in the wheelhouse, but uh, obviously Scheifele did not hit it to the 100 mile an hour variety. Uh, sometimes that can just sort of, pop the balloon for for a goal scorer and I mean we've seen it before us Mark is the kind of guy that can get streaky I mean he can get on a hot streak and really get on a roll so the Jets are going to need that they needed it the other night especially with not having Pierre-Luc Dubois in the lineup and you know like you said I mean I think that Dave Lowry showed a lot of faith in Mark Shifley leading up to the game with what he said and defending his center saying he had to be their best player and that he is it can be their best player uh, then he rewarded him at the end for the puck management. He was back in that usual spot of 
you know, being on the ice trying to defend the lead. And yes, those empty net points are available. But I mean, yes, it was easier to do that without Dubois in the lineup and having had Adam Lowry spend, you know, 10 plus minutes in the box. But uh, Mark earned those 24 minutes and 47 seconds. And I don't think the number will be quite as high tonight in Dallas leading into a back-to-back. But uh, that was exactly what Mark Scheifele needed. And Hush, remember we talked about it before. I, I said to you last week, Mark looked like a guy who needed a vacation and needed to come back the best version of himself. And he took an important step uh, in that direction. And the other thing too, I mean, the way that the Jets were able to stand up for one another, I think was very important. I mean, Marcus Foligno, obviously getting the two game suspension for kneeing. I mean, that that was a suboptimal kind of play. You don't like to see that happening. It was Bush League, uh, Ken. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think that... I mean, he has no, he, he plays on the edge, but he's not a dirty player over the course of his career. I mean, he's a guy that gets under your skin and, and certainly Blake Wheeler didn't like the, uh, the move taking him into the boards. It was obviously tripping there, but why are we giving this guy the benefit of the doubt? He did a Superman punch earlier in the season. And now a move that gets you disqualified in the UFC earlier this week. Uh, all I'm <laughs> he's saying on the list. Is, uh, he's on the list uh, on WST. Yeah. I'll tell you that <laughs> he can be on the list. I, uh, all I'm saying is that, you know, for a guy who plays hard, he's not generally reckless. He's had no prior suspensions. So that's why I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. And uh, when Adam Lowry himself set, calls him an honest player, I mean, Adam plays the game on the edge as well. So hey, what uh, did you think of what Dave Lowry had to say? And uh, my theory on this is that if that's a different, theory, if yes. it's a different player other than his son, he's probably responding a little differently. Uh, but I think he's got to be careful, or maybe he believes he has to be careful right. and not looking like he's sort of being the dad sticking up for his kid. But uh, he was incredibly generous to the Wild and Marcus Foligno, something that, uh, let's just say if Paul Maurice was still the head coach, I will bet everything that I have that it would have been a very different response from the guy behind the bench. Yeah, no, I heard your theory, Huss. I'm not, I'm not fully on board with it, but I'm not dismissing it either. But uh, again, we also have to remember what coaches say. I mean, Dean Evison tried to suggest that <laughs> Brennan Dillon or Marcus Foligno took three strides before Brennan Dillon hit him. And in, unless Marcus Foligno has the smallest strides you've ever seen, there is no way there were three strides taken. Uh, it might have been like a quarter beat late, but it certainly was not three strides late. But, uh, you know, yes, I mean, we saw the two, you know, the two uh, wide differences in terms of uh, how coaches were handling the situation. But, yeah, I mean, D- Dave also doesn't want to, you know, get into kind of a, a war of words uh, with Dean Evison either, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, I, I certainly was not expecting him to say he might have slipped. Uh, when I asked the question of what he thought about the end of the fight, I was not expecting. I did not have that on my bingo card. Uh, looked like he might have slipped. But I mean, he did get it, say he probably, if, if, if you know, if he had a chance to do it over again, he probably wouldn't have done it. So uh, I think two games is is sufficient. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, given the the level of spice and heat in that game, Hus. Um, I think everyone who's going to be watching that game on Wednesday wants Marcus Foligno to be in it. I mean, uh, he's a big part of how the Wild has changed their identity. And uh, for a guy like Jordan Greenway, he's a guy who played kind of tough and rugged, you know, kind of once every five games. Now that he has Foligno on his line, he kind of has to play that way all the time. And that's kind of become the new normal for them. But uh, the Jets have a nice job of handling things. And uh, I mean, again, everyone talks all the time, oh, team toughness. I mean, they don't have the same kind of guys as when they had Bufflin and all those other guys you in Sherratt that like to maybe throw down a little bit more. But uh, the physical nature didn't bother them. And the other thing, too, I think people forget, Huss. I mean, we're used to the Jacques Lemaire wild, 
the team they play at a stifling defensive style. The Wild under Dean Evison are one of the top scoring teams in the NHL, and they put up a shutout. And it's not like Hellebuck had to make 48 saves to to get the victory and and the goose egg in there. And that's to take nothing away. He made plenty of saves, but uh, I thought the Jets played a really strong game. And the way they played physically against um, Kaprizov, I thought, was also very important. And I love the fact that the the Russian forward didn't go away in a game where he was under some duress. He still had seven shots on goal and was dangerous. But well, hey, uh, speaking Jets- of that, speaking of that and the physical nature of the game, just from a Jets perspective, and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I'm interested in in your thoughts on it. Like, I'm not sure that Paul Maurice ha- and, and again, this is. You know, it, it all depends on who you have uh, at your availability, and this was a very undermanned team. But I'll tell you what, Cole Perfetti acquitted himself incredibly well in a game that, you know, certainly I think you might be concerned that this is a style of game, maybe a young player with his size just coming into the league wouldn't be ready for. And um, I know Billy Hanel didn't play a ton, um, right. but, you know, I think he was right in that same boat with, you know, kind of rising to the challenge. Um, both of those young guys in a game like that, that probably isn't maybe their first preferred style, um, did what the team needed them to do on uh, uh, in the game against Minnesota. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hustle. We'll start with Perfetti. I know you're talking about it with Mike earlier this week, and I think it was Jared Spurgeon who kind of pushed him behind into the boards. And I agree with Mike completely. Uh, I love the fact that Perfetti got up quickly, but also wasn't afraid to voice his displeasure with the men in stripes for ignoring uh, the play in question. Uh, the other thing about Perfetti, Huss, I mean, I know, again, you've talked about it, but the, the, the three passes that he made on the power play, the two to Hanel and the one to Stastny, like, that gets back to the elite vision that we've been talking about. And, and you're right. I mean, when the, when the going gets tough and the temperature is on the rise, uh, you, you, there's always questions about how young players are going to respond. And I agree completely. I thought Perfetti was excellent on that game. He, uh, he used the brain incredibly well at both ends of the ice. I, I loved what I saw in that second power play. And in terms of Hanel, Again, another very important game for him. Uh, I thought he had you know, tons of great scoring chances. I mean, what was it? I think he had four shots and maybe uh, almost nine, seven or eight or nine uh, attempts in the game. Uh, had to look skyward where you know his uh, Finnish counterpart was able to stop him uh, on the one that he thought he even gave her the half celly because uh, he thought it was by him. But um, I mean, the, the more he plays, the more confidence. I mean, the more puck touches you get. Uh, the more you're going to play well. And here's the other thing, Huss. I mean, Dave Lowry keeping Hanela in the lineup, not only that, but playing him with Neil Pionk, who is the partner he played the best with this year so far, that game against the St. Louis Blues, where his minutes were just under 20 for the game. I think that is an important show of faith uh, in a young player. And, I mean, we know guys are starting to get healthy. I mean, we saw today from the tweets from Mike and Mitch, Gustafson shedding the non-contact, Logan Stanley getting closer uh, it's an important time for Billy Hainala to keep himself in the lineup and to continue to shine in these games that are, you know, fast and physical against Central Division opponents. Uh, I think it, it's very important for Hainala, especially, and also for Cole Perfetti here, um, especially too with the new line mates. I mean, we know uh, we know that Pierre Luc Dubois is going to start on the third line today, but I mean, for folks freaking out about this again, Huss, <laughs> deep, 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 please, deep, deep breaths. One skate in nine days or ten days is not enough to give a guy the green light pass to go into the top six and play 20 minutes. Hey, Pierre-Luc Dubois might play 20 minutes today, but Huss, all those people going crazy, do those people remember that Pierre-Luc Dubois, after a 14-day quarantine, was injured in his second game 
with the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, please remember this. They're looking out for the player. This is not a penalty. This is not a this is not a situation where Dave Lowry suddenly lost faith in Pierre-Luc Dubois. If Dubois has a good first period, he's going to be back with his regular line mates very quickly. He's going to have a big impact on the game. And uh, I'm asking them all to take a deep breath. It's not quite full wake-up status, Hus, but uh, we want them to take a deep breath and remember the situation. They're looking to protect the player. They're not looking to uh, penalize him in any stretch of the imagination. He's in the top six by the midway point of the first period. Exactly. There's there's there my go. prediction for tonight's <laughs> game. I don't think, you know, it, it is what it is with the way they're starting it off. And, hey, you know what I mean? There is something to be said for keeping lines together that played the way that they did in that game and, of course, getting him in, into the mix. Um, Just back to Perfetti for one sec. Sure. You mentioned some of the passes that he's making on the power play. How soon before he's on the number one unit, do you think? Well, Huss, I mean, this is sort of back to He's making to a good Nicola. case for it. He is, but uh, it, I'm gonna. I'm here to tell you that uh, you know it's great that both units are pushing one another again. But I mean, this is Nikolai Ehlers syndrome. I mean, look no further than the the spot that Perfetti's had the most success in is the spot occupied by Mark Scheifele, which is why Nikolai Ehlers never made it into that spot on the number one unit, and it's probably why Cole Perfetti is you know the best you know it's the best place for him in terms of on ice uh, distribution. Could you make a case to play him in the high slot? Maybe, but I mean, people also forget Andrew Kopp is, you know, he was one of the Jets' most productive power play players last year as well. So, I mean, he's a guy that can, sh I mean, again, I've said this all the time. I mean, Cole Perfetti, when he starts shooting more, uh, he's going to be used in that spot or he could be used in that spot at, at some point as well. But uh, here's the thing, Hus, Perfetti is ahead of schedule. And I know we always want to push fast forward with these guys, but uh, he's getting a nice taste. And again, his ice time has is, is really been on the rise. And this is a massive week for Cole Perfetti. There's so many games played in such a short amount of time. The benefit for him is that he had some of these compact schedules in the American League last year. But this is where the old uh, word processor is going to be working uh, overdrive. And, you know, physically, it's it's hard, it's hard for anyone, let alone a 20-year-old who's still developing physically uh, to handle that kind of a physical toll. But uh, he, he's familiar with the mental grind. He's so, such a smart player, and I expect him to continue to play very well. But, I mean, of course, I mean, Cole Perfetti is not going to be long from being a top power play unit kind of performer because of his passing ability and vision and shot and all of those things you mentioned. But uh, I think I he's done I'd throw Vili Hanel in that conversation as well. I mean, he had what? He had a minute 33 on the power play. But I mean, yeah. even in just 11 minutes of ice time, he still led the Jets defense corps in shots on goal with four. Um, you know, I mean, both of these guys, and that's sort of the reason why I think I was so impressed with the, what they were able to do against Minnesota heading into this stretch of more divisional games. Um, they really rose to the challenge when their team really needed them to do it. And, you know, with some of these opportunities they've been given, uh, I think they've done nothing but encourage Dave Lowry that, you know, maybe it's time to give those guys a little bit more chance, especially when you talk about the man advantage, um, which is right in the wheelhouse of both Perfetti and Vili Hanel. Yeah, for sure. Huss. I mean, the, the one thing too is that I mean, first they got to work out who's at the top. I mean, Josh Morrissey was back at the top on the top unit the other day. Nate Schmidt has done a nice job. We know that, Neil Pionk has been used there. Who's your choice? Well. I mean, if you're if you're behind the bench and you're setting up the Jets' ideal number one power play unit, who's who's the defenseman uh, on there with the shot? It's interesting. I like Schmidt at the top specifically because I think his ability to look off his opponent to find the one timer for Kyle Connor uh, is probably my number one choice there. Also because I like 
Josh Morrissey in the one-timer position on the second unit where Kyle Connor normally is. And I mean, too, do, do I think in, you know, in a year or two, Vili Hanela is going to be right in the conversation as the top guy, you know, the guy where the Dustin Bufflin kind of person at the top of the, at the top of the pyramid and the top of the umbrella? Yes. But I don't think that he's quite ready uh, for Adam Fox, uh, Kale McCarr type of work on the top unit yet, but he's showing me a lot. And I like what I've seen in terms of him, uh, I love that. Again, this is why I love, you know, Perfetti on the uh, left wing wall, uh, finding that scene. It's like the reverse lining in a lot of ways. The, it, that's like Wheeler to lining, but you have it Perfetti to Hanela going across uh, across the way for that pass. But uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's been so much in flux house this year that it's hard to say definitively who is the best suited for that job. Uh, the one thing we know too, even Nikolai Ehlers, when he was still in the lineup and healthy, I think Ehlers has zero power play goals this year. And Connor, I think maybe only has four. So those are two guys that you look to be among the most effective with the man advantage and things just haven't really clicked for them the same way as we've been used to seeing in the past. On the flip side, Pierre-Luc Dubois has nine power play goals. And I'm, I certainly, I'm not sure I would have taken the over on that number and that's not a knock on him. It's a, it's a, it's a compliment to what he's been able mm. to do, but we're used to seeing more goals from the flanks from the jets. And that necessarily hasn't been the case uh, this year. I'm with you on uh, on Schmidt as well. I mean, I just think that, you know, he has that, uh, you know, both with the shot and you mentioned, you know, his ability to set that pass up for one-timers, you know, has been uh, has been good. But again, I think the emergence of Billy Hanel as an option, mm-hmm. um, you know, will hopefully just bring the best out of all these players and uh, give Dave Lowry more options maybe when it comes to putting this together. You mentioned Ehlers. Um, what, what are you hearing? I mean, if you had to to speculate as to... What the earliest we could see Nikolai Ehlers back in? I mean, what are we talking here, Ken? How long are they going to have to be doing this without 27? Well, Huss, I mean, we, I said the last week on the show, I did not expect him to be back for the 14th. But, you know, when Dave Lowry said, I don't have a specific date for you, but it could be two weeks, it could be four weeks. I mean, to me, we, I, I would always lean on maybe a little bit. I'm not going to say it's for surely going to be four, but I'll be more surprised if it's two weeks for me, Huss. I think we're looking at, at close to March uh, certainly end of February at the earliest, I think, for Ehlers. But again, I mean, he, the one benefit for Ehlers, he's come back from it. He's shown that he's been pretty diligent and he's shown to be a pretty pretty fast healer. And he has a really high pain tolerance, right? Remember when we asked him at the exit meetings last year hmm. uh, about how healthy he was? Uh, you know, uh, no big deal, uh, but my shoulder wasn't really great. And uh, I had a couple other things that I was dealing with. And it was just like, he was like passing it off as no bigs. And everyone else was going like, holy smokes, how did you play with through this? You know, it goes back to that game six against St. Louis when people were wondering if he could play, uh, I think, because of the ankle or the injury. I mean, this is a guy who wants to be out there. And as soon as it's safe for him to be out there, Nikolai Ehlers will be out there. I mean, he knows what the stakes are and he knows how important it is for him to be part of it because he's such a valuable member of this hockey team. But I don't expect him to be back until like two and a half to three weeks from now uh, probably would be my best prediction for the, uh, the cool bet line, considering it's a weekend weekend of uh, bets. Huss. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll touch on that before it finished up. Hey, Jerry Beluda, uh, a 1290 super chat in honor of the final day. Thanks a lot, <laughs> yeah. Jerry. Uh, and yeah, you know what? I just quickly will mention um, if you missed the last couple shows, um, go back and check them out. We had a heck of a lot of fun. Of course, Feb nine was the infamous day where they, Turn the lights out down on Pembina Highway. Uh, but we had the opportunity to get Kevin O and uh, Jim Toth and Troy Westwood on Wednesday's show. And yesterday I had a, just a blast talking to Rick Ralph. 
Brandon Rowicki and Darren Bombing. Um, so definitely, if you missed those and you missed those guys, check out the last couple editions of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, Ken Weaves I- with us. Sorry, go ahead, Weaver. I should have been there for a pop-in. I mean, I miss uh, uh, the friendly banter between uh, our good maritime math friend and I. And, and for all the people who thought that we didn't like each other, come on. We just, uh, it was a great on-air personality activity. Uh, well, he didn't like you, but, you know, you, you're fine. No. <laughs> I'm kidding, exactly, of course. Exactly. I'm kidding. And Rick would love that. Rick's going to be on the Twitter machine now saying yeah. what Hustler said is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, listen, back to tonight's game. Um, interesting that Christian Veselainen is the odd man out. And right. and I still, to be honest, I was still somewhat puzzled that Svechnikov was apparently healthy and had a tough time getting into the lineup, um, you know, kind of going into the break. Uh, but I can't say I was surprised that it was Pierre-Luc Dubois coming back, that it was Veselin. What do you make of where he's at right now, Ken? And, uh, you know, what, what does he need to do to um, maybe not be the first guy out when guys get healthy and, and, frankly, help the team get a little bit more from that bottom six? Yeah, first and foremost, Huss, a quick one on Christian Reichel. I really liked his game the other night. Very noticeable on the forecheck. He's a little bit more... Uh, I think defensively conscious, if you will. And that's something that that, you know, Lowry line has not really had enough of this year. So I'm not surprised that Reichel stays in. Uh, that's the whole reward system. In terms of Veselin, and uh, I've said this a ton. I mean, I watched him a bit with the Moose and, you know, at the American League level, he plays with confidence. He's, he's a very good skater, big body, gets around pretty well, can really shoot the puck. We see it in practice regularly. But it just hasn't translated into game form. And I understand there's going to be some people that say it's about opportunity. And to a degree, that is true. But when you're in a position like Christian Veselina and Jansen Harkins, Christian Reichel, Austin Pagansky, you need to show those skills and have them translate at the NHL level in order to increase and enhance your opportunity and role. Uh, and to me, so far this year, Christian Veselina hasn't done that on enough with enough frequency. I mean, I know he has the raw materials and I think he's, there's a good player there. It just hasn't translated into, he's sort of been in that in-betweener. I mean, he's probably a guy who's better suited playing with skilled players, but though he hasn't produced enough to force his way into that conversation. So uh, to me, he's going to have to just keep working at it. I mean, obviously frustrating for him. He'd probably wanted to have it happen quicker, uh, but I think there's still enough tools there. And I don't think it's to the point where you say, well, you know, that's a first round bust and he needs an opportunity somewhere else. I mean, if we look at the Jets cap situation, us and going back to what Kevin Chevaldeoff said, I mean, the Jets need guys like Christian Veselainen to take roster spots. I mean, we've said it all year long. Yevgeny Svechnikov is found money at 750,000. I mean, this is a team that is deep into LTIR. They're going to be a cap team for the next, you know, two, three, four seasons. So they need some of these guys on entry-level deals and and league minimum contracts to to perform. So at a time when we've talked all year about not having enough secondary scoring, Christian Veselainen is a great candidate to be one of those guys, but it just hasn't happened for him so far. Uh, In terms of Svechnikov, I mean, yes, some folks will say, why is he going on to the fourth line? But I think that Svechnikov is a guy that can gel well with uh, Jans and Harkins. Harkins set up Dominic Toninato for that one nice chance there that led to a penalty call. Uh, and again, you know, everyone knows how I feel. David Gustafson out of the non-contact. I think the Jets are better if David Gustafson's on the fourth line. I think he's just got a little mm-hmm. bit more offensive tilt to his game, even though he's very defensively conscious as well. But I think it'll change the dynamic of the fourth line. And honestly, to me, Huss, I think that Gustafson, we just saw Joel Erickson Eck was a guy who broke in with the Wild as a fourth-line player. I was but thinking he, the same thing watching the game on uh, on Tuesday night. 
That's what the Jets need David Gustafson to eventually grow into. And I think he has that in him. Uh, and the sooner he can get healthy and get back into the lineup, uh, I think we're going to start seeing that on display. And yes, I get it. Folks are up, you know, disappointed. But let's also remember that Yevgeny Svechnikov went through almost the exact same thing in the early days with the Detroit Red Wings where injuries kind of kept derailing uh, his activities. So uh, Gus Bus almost out of hibernation. Uh, he's been in for an oil change and uh, almost ready to get rolling here. Yeah, the uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see when he gets back in and, you know, what he can bring in. And I guess the first question is hopefully he can just make it through a first period. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this no is a guy. He is the he is the, the the walking embodiment of Murphy's Law right now because uh, it seems like if there's something could go wrong for Gustafson, it has gone wrong. But um, maybe he's paid his dues, and when he finally does get into the lineup, he'll be ready to contribute. Because as we've seen, I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about the guys in the top six and Shifley and whatnot. They absolutely just simply need more from their bottom six, Ken. I mean, it's hard to imagine a big turnaround if everything is on the shoulders of Shifley and Dubois and the guys in that top six. And, of course, the really taxing your special teams units as well. Yeah, no doubt. And especially, too, even though it didn't necessarily translate to offense. But, you know, Adam Lowry having an identity type of game. And I'm not just talking about the fights, but his engagement level was so high. That line was tasked with going up against the Kaprizov line at various points. I think they loved that that responsibility uh they need more from those guys there's no doubt about that in terms of offense uh, in terms of checking and they just need to spend more time in the offensive zone and the only way to do that is by feeling confident and making plays with the puck and, and getting on your opponent so no i agree i mean we know that last year the fourth line didn't produce a lot but they did have some offense there and they didn't give up a whole lot when it was perot thompson uh, and trevor lewis so they're going to need more from the fourth line but also this year from the third line i mean that's something that we'll be watching uh, very intently here uh, during the second half of these final 39 games uh kenny it looks like logan stanley's just about ready to return um he won't be in the lineup tonight um how do you see this going i mean uh you know does he just come back in and billy hanley gets back out or uh, has Anila showed something that he adds to the the team, especially playing with Neil Pionk, the way things are set up right now, that um, you know, might mean Stanley has to wait a little while before getting an opportunity to come back in. Yeah, the big thing too, Huss, with no practice time, you know, morning skate is not the same as a practice. And Dave Lowry said this week earlier, they're not going to really have a ton of practice time. So for me, uh, unless things go, you know, south for Billy Hanlon tonight, I would expect him to be in both games this weekend. I mean, I think that Logan Stanley is more likely to only be an option to return to game action next week at some point. Uh, you could see a bit of a rotation, but no, I don't think it's an automatic that Logan Stanley immediately comes in and Billy Hanel has cast aside. I mean, I think that Hanel has done a nice job of sort of setting a bit of a foundation here. Uh, and, and, you know, we've talked about the internal competition at forward. I mean, that, that's going to be very much alive on the back end uh, going down the stretch run here as well, especially when Dylan Sandberg is healthy, because, uh, you know, I think that Johnny Kovacevic uh, show, has been showing well and improving his game as well. And we know Declan Chisholm uh, had some nice showings as well. So, I mean, we know Kevin Sheveldayoff was still kind of non-committal when it came to the trade deadline, but, uh, I think that teams around the league are certainly going to be asking first about prospects and secondly about about guys that may be available uh, on the Jets roster as we get closer. I mean, yes, I mean, Kevin Chevaldev is not committal because he believes they can get back into it. But, you know, I think it's a 10 point deficit right now. Uh, if that number doesn't get considerably lower here over the next three to four weeks, I mean, I think the uh, the frequency of those calls coming in uh, is going to be on the rise. And there's obviously... Uh, some defensemen that are going to be of interest along with the, you know, the obvious guys and Andrew Kopp and Paul Stastny up front. Well, you know, let's talk about that. And we'll kind of hit a couple other teams too, before we're done yeah. here. Um, 
you know, we mentioned how massive this game is because, I mean, we don't even need to start talking about what's happening in the Pacific Division for wild cards until you at least get into fifth place in your own division. And that's assuming that both wild cards will come out of the yeah. central. But, I mean, to me, the Calgary Flames are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be one of the top three teams. And to be honest, we were speaking before, I think, you know, value for prop bets or for futures right now with a goalie like Markstrom, the way this team's playing, the way Daryl Sutter has them. I mean, that's a team that I could see actually making, doing some damage and maybe pulling some upsets come playoff time. Um, but outside of that, you've got the Kings and Ducks at 55 points. They've played 47 and 48 games yeah. respectively. And then you've got the Edmonton Oilers who um, just fired their coach, uh, Jay Woodcroft getting his first opportunity to uh, be behind the bench today. That is one of the most puzzling teams. I mean, I think we'll come around. We've said many of the same things about the Winnipeg Jets at times this year. Uh, but wow, what a dud of a way to start off the uh, back end uh, post All-Star game with two horrible games on home ice and getting your coach fired. Well, what do you make of what's happening in Edmonton? Oh, where to begin? I think we need another half an hour for that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, the same, a lot of the same things. Uh, Oilers are top heavy. Uh, their defense has not been great. And their goaltending is something that needs to be solved. I mean, uh, this is the biggest thing that, that folks, I, I hope that not many of them forget. But the fact that the Oilers did not go the extra 500000 or extra year on Jacob Markstrom, I mean, man, oh, man, you turn the Pacific Division absolutely on its head if you have Markstrom in an Oilers uniform instead of a Flames uniform, in my humble opinion. They still obviously have holes on their roster. But, I mean, all we heard about uh, was all this depth that the Oilers had. You know, they had a nice stretch going into the break. But like you said, two duds. And, man, oh, man, I had a great opportunity for Jay Woodcroft. Obviously, he's a you know highly respected guy. He did a great job working his way up, and he's done an awesome job in Bakersfield. Uh, it's a fresh voice. Uh, I think he'll do a good job. But... I think the personnel has to improve before the Oilers become a, a, you know, a real contender. I mean, I think they're certainly deserve to be in the mix as a bubble team, but uh, I don't think that a coaching change is automatically going to uh, solve the majority of the woes that the Oilers have had here. But I mean, they obviously have some important pieces, but I'm with you. I think the flames are a playoff team for sure. Uh, the jets have to have their sights on those two Pacific teams. But as you mentioned, I mean, it doesn't get any, you know, more clear than this. I mean, we don't, you know, Rick Ralph with the maritime math would have this one pretty much handled Rick or us. Um, is very simple against the Dallas stars. You're either going to be three points behind, or you're going to be seven points behind after tonight's game, you know, unless there's a three pointer. Yes. But those stakes are pretty clearly defined to me. And if you can't find a way to get up for this one, then we're going to have some answers about why this team has been so wildly inconsistent all year long. They need to be up for this game and uh, they're going to have to be sharp. And mm. same thing, the, the thing that's interesting, obviously we know that Tyler Sagan has been the Chris Versteeg Jets killer. Uh, I think 47 points in 41 games and 25 goals. But uh, I mean, this is not just a Sagan and Ben team anymore. You're looking at Jason Robertson and you're looking at Rope Hints having a great year. Uh, they've got a great back end. We know there's some, you know, what's going to happen with Klingberg. But, I mean, this team is, they've gone some through some feast or famine stretches as well, but they're playing some really good hockey right now and, and feeling good about themselves. So for the Jets, they need to be ready and they need to kind of bottle up that effort and energy they had on Tuesday night and, and follow that up. Because, hey, I get it. If you're Dave Lowry, you're saying the Jets have played two really good games in their last three but it's hard to erase the kind of game in the middle. And that's the problem that the Jets have had. And I mean, you've done the math on the show. It's eight segments where the Jets need 
three out of five or better, right? In terms of getting back into this race and they can't afford this one step forward, one step back uh, that has plagued them all year long. Yeah, no, and, and I think we're going to find out just to your point. I mean, when this team comes out, how they play in the first, well, never mind the first period, for a full 60 minutes, um, you know, it was going to dictate their ability to get a massive two points. And, um, you know, there's no more important game uh, well, than the next one. I know that's super cliche, but the one against the <laughs> Dallas Stars more so than any of them. And to Dallas's credit, I mean, they weren't very good going into the break, Ken, but, I mean, they're coming off a big home win against the Nashville Predators. and. Um, I'm sure they're saying very many of the same things that the Winnipeg Jets are about their current predicament in the playoff spot. But from a Jets standpoint, I think we saw the level of urgency, desperation and commitment on Tuesday night with an undermanned lineup, which funny enough has often brought out the best in the Winnipeg Jets, very similar to the St. Louis game going into the break. Yeah, it's interesting that way for sure. Huss. They're going to have to find a way to pull it all together when all the pieces of the puzzle are there. And sorry, I should have mentioned Joe Pavelski. I mean, what what a, what a year that oh. he's having. I mean, man, Monster. oh man, people, people that were saying, oh, well, uh, what's Jim Nell doing uh, signing this 35-plus-year-old? Uh, uh, well, he's only signed him to be a great culture carrier and one of their most potent performers over the last two years. So I know folks have been saying, oh, well, the Stars need to recoup some assets at the deadline, but I'm sorry, as long as, hey, it's the same as last year when we know the Jets were interested in Jamie Alexiak. I don't see Joe Pavelski going anywhere. This guy's too valuable to the, unless the Dallas Stars completely fall off the map in the second half, which I don't expect them to be, he's going to finish out the contract. I mean, I don't like the whole premise of, uh, you know, you're getting nothing for a player. You, you invested, you know, the money in two seasons and the guy gave you two great seasons. I mean, I get it. Asset management is important, but at the same time, if you get rid of that player, how are you going to replace him? This is like a 20-plus minute a game player who performs in all areas again for you. So yeah, the question um, is, are you waving the white towel on your season or not? If right, not, you need exactly. him in your lineup. If you're done and you're exactly. out, then yeah, figure it out and, you know, get something for it. But those decisions are going to be made closer to the deadline, depending on where, um, you know, where the teams are. And Jim Nail and Kevin Sheveldayoff will react accordingly. Uh, but right now is not the time that all of that is going to be happening. I'm really interested to see what happens in this uh, Oiler uh, Islander game tonight, how the Oilers come out. Um, and as we mentioned, the Calgary Flames have just had an awesome start to uh, coming right back out of it. Big win over Vegas, beating the Leafs last night. And uh, this is a team that, hey, did you see any of that uh, Avs uh, lightning game last night? Uh, I didn't see it actually, House. I went to the ice game last night, but I listened to the uh, I listened to the third period, first of the Flames game. And then I tuned over for the last five or six minutes of that uh yeah, know, going back old school on the radio side of things, but uh, sounded like a real doozy on both fronts, especially to Lightning were pressing late. But I um, mean, man, oh man, what a great, what a great uh, bit of excitement all around. And I got to say, Huss, I mean, that's my second ice game of the year. Man, the the kids came to play, and I mean, Connor McLennan, obviously, great night with the hat trick. But I mean, Zach Benson had another great play. And I know that's so my many people, guy. That's I can't stop watching I know, Benson when yes, I go to ice games. Awesome. I mean, he he is something else. Yeah, and Connor Geeky was uh, was uh, excellent again. And I know so many folks talking about the between the legs from Bedard, but I'm going to tell you right now, Matthew Savoy made a toe drag at the blue line and fed McLennan for the hat, for the one-timer, and he, it was just an absolute thing of beauty uh, yesterday as well. And then on the back end, Carson Lambos uh, had a really solid showing once again for the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, Daniel Hauser picks up another win between the pipes. And uh, Huss, 
there's interest in the Winnipeg Ice. Last night, 28 of the 30 NHL, uh, 32 NHL teams were uh, represented on the scouting board yesterday, and uh, there was a lot of people writing a lot of things down when it came to uh, that, uh, I think, 6-2 victory over the Brandon Wheat Kings. Yeah, the scout row at Ice Games for the <laughs> remainder of the season is going to be packed. I mean, we're in all likelihood going to have, you know, a couple top 10 picks coming out of yeah. the Winnipeg Ice team, and, um, you know, I think their record and their ranking speaks for itself as to what they've done so far this season they're off they're back at home tomorrow night your next chance to get up to the ice cave and to uh, to see the winnipeg ice weaver before we go uh there's a big football game on the weekend and now of course big game against nashville but it's hard to really get to that on saturday uh without really focusing on tonight's game but uh what do you think about the uh, the bengals rams matchup uh how do you break this one down Man, it's a great matchup. I mean, I love what I've seen from Joe Burrow. He's just been absolutely uh, fantastic. I mean, it, the, the Rams are such a fun team to watch too, Huss. They have a little bit of Showtime Lakers in them a little bit with all the guys they brought in, the, the star quality. Uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I, I want to say Bengals, but I just have this feeling that the Rams are going to find a way to do it on on you know their home turf, if you will, at SoFi. I think it'll be a fantastic game. And the way for the, the Bengals have to pressure – uh, win the line of scrimmage battle, and that's how they got to get to Stafford and force turnovers. That's the way that I see the Rams are potentially having a downfall. But I mean, Cooper Cup's been having having such a great year. Uh, it's hard for me to bet against the Rams, but uh, I'd love to see the uh, love the Bengals out there. I love that Icky Woods was out there giving oh, Joe Burrow the Icky, love. No uh, kidding, with the big Bengals medallion on the chain when he was getting fantastic. the trophy along with Mike Brown. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So I think it's going to be a great tilt. I think it's going to be tight. Uh, and like I said, I think the Bengals' best chance is to kind of force Stafford into one of those kind of two two interception games. Just what, like, what we talked about, what they had to do against Ryan Tannehill. I mean, right, that was the thing. If their defense can play that way, uh, they'll have a chance. Uh, Burrow has been big in big games before. Uh, but if I had to throw down, I think the, the Rams by a field goal is going to be my uh, prediction. But I'd love to see the Bengals uh, deliver here. Well, that would be good. I would take that because I'm taking the points and uh, it's four right now. So if it's a field goal game, I'll be happy either way. And I'm really looking forward to it. And of course, you got a heck of a halftime show that I know a lot of people are fired up as well. Weber, thanks so much for doing this. Um, hey, just give a quick plug. Of course, Kenny and Randy, you guys will be going back to back tonight and tomorrow. And uh, you had a good, uh, I, I should have sent you the picture. I know you had Christina <laughs> Rutherford on the on the show yesterday. Yeah. I had never met Christina until... Yeah. We crossed paths at the uh, Canadian Olympic curling trials, and uh, we were in the patch one night playing head-to-head in the cool curling game, and I made a shot that would have made Jennifer Jones envious, to be honest with you, and have a great photo of poor Christina's reaction when I pulled one out of the fire. So uh, I missed that yesterday, but uh, just plug uh, the uh, long form yesterday that folks can uh, maybe check out after Winnipeg Sports Talk today if they missed it. Yeah, check her out on the YouTube channel there. We had a great chat with Christina Rutherford and Arash Madani, who, uh, you know, is a guy, a guy who's spent some time in the community, obviously, with his time with the Bombers. We know it was a big week with Andrew Harris's departure and the signings that they had. But, uh, yeah, we had a fun show yesterday. We're going to uh, have a fun couple shows tonight and tomorrow. And uh, we have some more excitement, uh, a little bit of a more merch, round two of the merchandise launch, uh, including the uh, water bottles and um, coffee mugs uh, and another can. And the headband? The headband, head, I think, headband? is still a little bit behind. Uh, the headband is still forthcoming, but uh... Toast Kid was wearing a headband. Everyone was <laughs> was assuming that he was actually the son of Reynolds yesterday when he joined us, or a couple days ago when he joined us on the show. Weber, great stuff. Kenny and Rennie, folks, uh, you're probably already subscribed. If you're not, head on over to YouTube. Make sure you give them a sub. Join them after the game. 
Uh, now, Ken, I know you religiously watch Winnipeg Sports Talk when you're not on. You better stick around for this next segment. I told you slowly but surely I'm going to turn you into a soccer guy. And we are talking Valor FC and a little bit of Canada's awesome. men's national team coming up with the new head coach. So uh, looking forward to that. But uh, touch base on the yeah. weekend. Looking forward to the shows. And I can't wait for puck drop tonight. Huge game for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, tremendous. I look forward to the insight on the on the soccer front. You know our friends Miles Jones and uh, Nick Ziff. I was down at uh, Nicolino's last week. We had a good chat about the uh, the soccer, the soccer squad and where things are headed. So, and also last one too. I mean, outstanding job by Kerry Einerson and their rink. Uh, obviously, uh, winning the uh, triple triple crown there, the three peat. Uh, very impressive. But I look forward to the uh, soccer insights as well. What a run for uh, Canada's. Uh, men's national team and man John Herdman has just done a tremendous job in terms of we talked about culture carrying earlier on I think man has he done a great job with with that team that just sort of seems to be finding its stride at a perfect time you got it uh, all right dude have a great one uh, look forward to uh, the show tonight after uh, hopefully a Jets win and uh, a lot of happy people in the KNR chat room having some fun on a Friday night have a tremendous weekend thanks for having me right on there he is our good friend Ken Weeb and uh, as I mentioned it's so much fun talking about this Canadian men's national team, but uh, the season is just around the corner for Valor FC. And we're going to be speaking with the new head coach, Philip Dos Santos, in just a second. Uh, I do want to uh, thank our friends over at Manitoba Battery for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, you know it's cold right now. It's going to be cold for another few days. You've got to have a good battery if you're driving around in Winnipeg and Manitoba. And Manitoba Battery remains the premier stop for all your battery needs in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Most automotive batteries priced for less than 100 bucks with Core Exchange, or they're delivered to your door anywhere in Winnipeg for 115 bucks in the same day you order it, as long as you can get let them know by 1.30 p.m. And uh, with it getting a little bit warmer, great time to get out onto the lake. For all you fishing, ice fishing enthusiasts, Manitoba Battery has all the flasher batteries you need to keep catching fish for the rest of the season. Get on down, see Donnie Kimbo and the gang at Manitoba Battery for all your battery needs. 1026 Logan Avenue, 783-8787 or online at manitobabattery.com. Uh, well, just a couple more days before the big game. Uh, you got more Bengals and Rams uh, shirts that came in for the Super Bowl over at Royal Sports at 750 Pembina Highway. You'll also be able to get uh, get your hands on one of those four new exclusive Bomber back-to-back championship hats that came in. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, many exclusives, not to mention the biggest hockey department in the city, snowboards, fitness, and so much more, not to mention all the cool stuff over on the Kings skate, snow, and surf side. If it's sports, if it's licensed merchandise, if it's something you need to play, they've got it at Royal. Pop down and see them at 750 Pembina Highway. And a big thanks to our friends over at Not Auto Corp. As we get into 2022, many of you are probably sick of your old ride and need an upgrade if you're thinking about a new vehicle. Start it off at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the the car of your dreams at an amazing price with the help of the not team uh get on down to waverly and mcgillivray and check out the amazing facility that they've got the lounges and more and of course all the great cars on the lot and if there's something in specific you're looking for talk to the experts at not they'll source it get it for you here to winnipeg at the best possible price not autocorp waverly and mcgillivray and online <clears throat> at not.ca all right i'm really looking forward to this conversation um you know people know i've been telling y'all i've started off with the women you know gold medal at the olympics and there was a you know rising excitement about canadian soccer our men's team is doing it and now for the local fans 
We've got Valor season just around the corner, and it is an absolute pleasure to welcome in the new head coach of Valor FC, Philip Dos Santos, for the first time to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Phil, thanks so much for doing this. It's great to have you on the program. Same here, Andrew. It's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, exciting times uh, for soccer fans, and I'm sure exciting times around for Valor FC. Uh, how are things going for you and your staff as you uh, get ready to get the boys together and uh, get on with another season next week? Yeah, it's great. It's always uh, an exciting time of the year where uh, it's a long off season. I uh, I kind of uh, kind of enjoyed the off season because there was a lot to uh, to do, and we had time to really assess things and coming into a new league, into a new city, a new club. It was I kind of felt I I came so it was so quick last year. Everything happened so quick. So it was a good off season, and we're now we just want to get on the field and get going and um and see the guys again and um yeah we're we're excited about it you know phil just before we talk about the squad and i've got some other questions about soccer in canada in general i mean this is the first time we've had a chance to have you on the program um fill our uh, listeners in on uh, your background a little bit uh, coming over from vancouver and uh you know what uh, your life leading up to uh, your first head coaching job in professional soccer yeah yeah it was uh it was crazy we spent well, it's been crazy for the last two two years or two seasons where we, even in Vancouver, we never really had a, a home. We were at, at a certain point, we spent time in Portland, then in in Salt Lake City. Um, then again, it's it's the job. Uh, things didn't go um, the way I expected with, with, um, with uh, 2021. And um, I ended up not staying for the full season with the, with the Whitecaps. Um, and at that point in time, you have a choice as a coach. And when uh, Valor came and knocked at my door, I, I knew that I was ready for the next step. Uh, and, and for me, it was it was uh, clear in my head that the head coaching opportunity um, it was something that I would jump on and that I was I was preparing myself for. So uh, when the uh, the train passed, when Valor knocked at my door, I, I, I knew it was quick. I knew it was you know, jumping into the action right away. Uh, but I, I also know that these opportunities don't come five times or six or 10 in the career of a coach. So it was the time for me to take it. And um, I'm glad I did. We're, um, we're excited, excited as a family. We, uh, we know that uh, there's a lot of work ahead. There's a lot of hours, but we've, we've embraced it. And that's, that's the career that we've chosen. And, uh, you know, we have, I have I have the right surrounding. Uh, my staff has been exceptional. Um, the the club has been exceptional. The way they've they've embraced us, so it makes everything so much easier. Um, if, let me ask you about last season because uh, I mean, of course, Valor management decided to make the change mid-season, and you came in and had the opportunity to get to know the players and <clears throat> be a part of this club finishing up the year. How much of a benefit is that for you going into the offseason, into next year, having had some time with this club and many of the same players um, last year going into uh, this upcoming campaign? It's huge. It's huge, Andrew. You know, when, you, when you're playing 10 games and every game was a final, uh, every game was such an important game for our uh, trying to make that, that last playoff spot, you get to know a lot about your players and the individuals and their character. And it was a, a great moment for, for us as a club to assess the individuals that we had. And then as a coach, there's there's the game. And the game is 
you know, it's a big piece. It's the, it's the main piece of things. But as a coach, you always have an idea. You always have your own game in your mind and how you, you want the team to play. And the question we asked ourselves is, are the players that are now in the current roster the right profile for the way that we want this team to play going forward? And we, we spent the whole offseason uh, making sure that we would bring in the, uh, the pieces with the profile to play that brand that we wanted to play. And, and we uh, made sure that we would keep the ones that had shown us they had the ability to do it. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's only possible when you're able to, um, in the line of fire, assess a group of guys. And I think last year was important. I, I really think I benefited from the fact that I came in and played basically 10 finals uh, trying to make that last <laughs> playoff spot. Well, uh, you know, exciting. I mean, you do have a number of new players and some important returning players. How's our guy, the Beast, doing? Uh, I was happy to hear that uh, Jean-Baptiste is coming back to the club. I know he had some injuries, uh, but uh, uh, he'd be ready to go for uh, for camp in the start of the season? Well, he's, he's, he's in, let's, let's put it like that, he's in the right timeline. These are complex injuries. We don't want to rush them. There's also a a mental barrier the player needs to go through. So we have to make sure that uh, he comes back at the right time. We're excited to have him. We know he's a big piece of, mm. of, of this locker room. And uh, I haven't had the chance to work with him personally because he was already injured when I came in. Uh, but I know who he is. I know the type of character he is. We, we watched video. I watched a lot of games with uh, Andrew on the field because it also led to making the right decisions when it came to the acquisition of, of a centre-back for 2022. And uh, we know how big of a piece he is, so it's gonna, we'll, we'll give him his time. I don't think he'll be in for right the beginning of preseason, but he will be in to, uh, to, uh, to start the season. Hopefully, he'll need a few games, and hopefully he'll be, he'll be in for, uh, for a big portion of the season. And uh, we're positive. We, we know the team is doing everything to have him back. We had a, we had a talk even today. We exchanged um, emails with, with, um, with our performance group, and we know how important it is. He's a, a good asset for us, so we want to make sure that he comes in 100% fit and ready to go and help the team obtain results. Now, the uh, CPL season gets going April 10th in Edmonton. The uh, Valor Home opener, and uh, mark this on your calendars, folks, Sunday, May 1st, 1.30 p.m. against Forge FC. Uh, but, Phil, you guys are getting going on Monday. I mean, middle of February. It's a long lead-up to the beginning of the season. Fill us in on uh, what starts on Monday and uh, how things will be looking for Valor and what you guys will be uh, doing and focusing on early on in camp. Yeah, we, we're starting maybe a week or 10 days earlier than I would, would have wanted to, but we there were things aligned that kind of led us to set up the preseason at this time. Um, so so we, we decided to stick with the plan. We'll have our medicals tomorrow, some tests being uh, done with the players tomorrow. There's a uh, already a high percentage of the guys in, in town ready to go. And Monday we start. I think there's going to be um, there's going to be an adaptation period for, for everyone. So having that extra week actually helps in that sense. Um, we have some testing going on as of Monday too with the players. And then it's, 
it's the usual. There'll, there'll be uh, these players are going to need to to get back into a rhythm, get back into a, a training rhythm on the field. Um, it's one thing to work in the gym, one thing to go out for a run or or use a treadmill for a run, depending on where you are in the globe. The other the other thing is to be out there and 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 being in in the normal impact of what the game brings. And uh, I think that guys will need their time to to get their fitness levels going, and that's what we're going to focus on. Make sure we give them a good mm. base and start working uh, in the acquisition and and shaping up the team and. Uh, acquiring the the um, all all that we need to have and make sure that mm-hmm. players understand that that um, what we want them to be and look like as a team uh, coming that first day of the season that game one in Edmonton. Uh, folks, get on over to the Valor FC website. The full schedule is out, and uh, as well, you can uh, find out how you can pick up tickets or get the uh, season supporters pass to uh, get out in the trench and cheer on the lads. Right from game one, right through t uh, through until the end of the season. Phil Dos Santos, Valor FC head coach, is with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Phil, I've got to take the opportunity while we've got you here to talk about our Canadian men's national team. We've had so much fun talking about their run through World Cup qualifying, and I think there's a lot of people that you know certainly watched our women in the Olympics and the big events beforehand, but had never really had any sort of excitement about the men's team. Um, I mean, you are obviously from Canada. You spent time in Europe, in Portugal as well. I mean, what have you seen from um, this group going undefeated at the top of the table right now with three more games to go before officially qualifying for the World Cup in Qatar? It's exciting. It's really exciting. I think it's bigger than even people might imagine. This is a, a competition that attracts so much attention. And, um, you know, you look at it. I was I was a young kid when when uh, Canada last qualified. And um, I've been I've been following the progression of, of, of a national team that for many years didn't have the respect of other nations. And uh, everyone expected them to be at a World Cup in 2026 as a host country, but being able to do it like that and not only qualify uh, in 20, for 2022, because I said it multiple times uh, with media, I'm going to be bold enough to say that they will qualify for 2022. It's huge. It's huge to do it by merit, do it on the field, not by luck, but because I really think they're the best right now in the CONCACAF region. I think they've proven it. I think that once you're you're able to go in, in into the US and get a result in Mexico and get a result and then you're you you beat those teams at home, uh, it it tells a lot about the strength and the character and the uh, personality that John has put into into that that team. They they they're a good team. They have good players, players that are playing in top leagues in the world. So it's, uh, I think it's the fruit of the work that everyone has done. Um, all the structures that have been put in place in, in, in the country uh, for the last few, a few years, no, the last 10, 15 years. So uh, now uh, there's, uh, there's uh, a clear, uh, a clear uh, statement that we're, we're benefiting from that, that work right now. You know, uh, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about it here and more and more people, you know, within Canada are paying attention and uh, are sort of jumping on the bandwagon with excitement about, you know, what we haven't seen since 1986. And in 86, this team went in and didn't score a goal, was sort of yeah. happy to be there. It seems like it's very different right now. But I do want to ask you, I mean, you've got soccer contacts around the world. What are you hearing from people outside of North America? Are they sort of 
paying attention to what this Canadian club is doing? And are people talking more about Canada as, uh, you know, as not just a team that's, oh, it's a nice little story in CONCACAF, but a team that people are really paying attention to around the world right now? They are. They are. And I think that it it's great for our league as well, right? And uh, um, I speak with people and they also, they also know that we have players that have the ability to elevate the quality of our national team. And that's so important when you have um, when you have players that could play in major leagues in 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 the world, it's normal that your national team's going to benefit from it. Uh, there's a buzz. There's a buzz that's creating that's created. Um, I feel that even our our media is is now paying more attention to to what this this team could be about and. Uh, and there's there's obviously um, it, it it shows everywhere that we go everywhere one I speak with uh, friends in Portugal friends in uh, in Brazil or even in the U S of course they're they're right here and they're experiencing the the strength of a Canadian national team but I think that everyone is starting to notice now and that's great. What uh, what do you think the trickle down effect of this success of the national team can do uh, for this Canadian Premier League as well as uh, Valor FC here in Winnipeg? Uh, I, I think it's huge. I think look at the U.S. after '94 in the '94 World Cup and uh, uh, after a few consecutive participations in in the World Cup, there was a financial boost. Number one, and and that's uh, that's uh, that's important too. We can't neglect that. There's um, there's always more interest from possible partners, and uh, there's there's a, a boost when it comes to the investment that's put in the sport, and and I think that first and foremost, or be, best than better than all of that, there's a, there's an opportunity for more people to fall in love with the game. I, I think that, and I, I say this because it's a new sport. It's still a new sport for uh, for Canada. The the soccer has been almost uh, uh you know uh, it's part of it's part of, of every of every lifestyle in so many countries uh, in the world but not yet in Canada and um and, uh, because it's a new sport it's not a sport that's been in in the nation for 100 years 120 years history with professional clubs and professional leagues operating so uh, hopefully this will bring in new passion, a renewed passion, new people, new fans to the sport. It's a big event, and we know how how um, Canadians are passionate for for events and for for major competitions. And and uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of people connect, connected to their screens when Canada will be will be at the World Cup. Philip, this has been a real pleasure having you on the program. Uh, enjoy the weekend because you're going to get real busy coming up on Monday when uh, you get the crew together. We'll look forward to catching up with you a little later on before the beginning of the season and uh, wish you and uh, all of Valor FC nothing but a successful training camp beginning on Monday. Andrew, thank you very much. Anytime, okay? My Appreciate pleasure. it. Appreciate okay. it. Let's do it again soon. There it is, Philip Dos Santos, the head coach of Valor FC, beginning their training camp on Monday. Uh, and great perspective from him on you know the uh, you know what this you know, run by the Canadian men's national team. Can
can hopefully do at a grassroots level, but also at a professional level with increasing the uh, attention, support for our team right here in Valor FC. And uh, by the way, love that jersey he had on the wall. I'm going to need to pick up a couple of those before the first game coming up next season. All right, we're going to go from uh, one football to the other. Super Bowl weekend is coming up on Sunday, and uh, we got to get to it with our guy, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Uh, of course, you know it goes great with the Super Bowl. Beer and uh, our friends at Little Brown Jug are ready for it. You get the 1919, my personal favorite. You can pick that up at your uh, favorite watering hole or fine watering holes around the city. Uh, of course, the Brute IPA and the Double, which is a very popular winter beer. Um, heck, try a bunch of them and pick up the winter variety pack at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart's beer store or down on William Avenue at Little Brown Jug. And uh, heck, if you want to get it delivered, Little Brown Jug does deliveries on Friday and on Saturday. So get on over to littlebrownjug.ca. If you can't make it down, make your order and uh, the good Little Brown Jug folks will uh, deliver it cold to your door just in time for the weekend. Um, of course, our friends at Princess Auto, we do our Princess Auto curling reports uh, every week here. And uh, we're doing it almost daily right now because there's a lot to talk about in the world of curling. Tough day yesterday for Canada, though. Um, I mentioned Jennifer Jones' loss to the uh, the Japanese, who were so much fun to watch in the, that game late last night. Uh, first loss ever at the Olympics for Jen Jones. They'll look to get back at it against the Swedes. Um, and Brad uh, Gushu also took an L yesterday, dropping a 5-3 decision to the Swiss. Um, Jen's playing tonight, 7 p.m. Of course, the Jen Jones rink proudly sponsored by Princess Auto, who's a huge supporter of curling from coast to coast in Canada and the place where you'll get uh, all of the best deals on the most unique and assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations or shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. And um, I mentioned a lot going on at Boston Pizza heading into the weekend. Um, we've got a $50 GC that we will be doing for a comment. I think we'll actually do it as an extra prize for the marble race coming up. But what you need to know about the Super Bowl is Boston Pizza's Super Bowl parties this weekend at all locations. You can win official Rams and Bengals jerseys, BP pizza flights, happy hour, and ice cold bud draft on special for four bucks all night. If you'd like to book a table for you and your crew, call 204 925 4111. That's 925 4111 to book your table, or you can order a BP game day meal deal with gourmet pizza and wings to be entered to win a trip to the 2023 Super Bowl. And don't forget on Monday, it's uh, time to get that delicious heart shaped pizza from Boston Pizza with a dollar from each pizza supporting the Children's Hospital of Manitoba and the new Children's Heart Center. All right, let's get ready for the big game. We can't go into Super Bowl weekend without a visit from the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And uh, the Saw joins us from Southern California, not too far from where the festivities are going on this weekend. Lee, what's up? How are things down in your neck of the woods? People fired up for the Rams and Bengals? Got to mute there, Reem? Hold on, I'll see if I can get Lee's microphone. I'll just refresh it. Yeah, we got it just a little... Uh... Do a quick test there and make sure we can uh, hear Hacksaw. Hacksaw, can you hear me? Can we hear you? I can hear you. There you we are. Me? There we're back. How are things down in Southern California? Super Bowl buzz all over the place or what? Yeah, it's been pretty dynamic here. Uh, press conferences, Zoom conferences. 
Uh, I don't know what it's going to be like on Sunday for the fans because the traffic issue in and around the fabulous SoFi Stadium is just very complex. It's going to be a very expensive weekend. Uh, I just ran across a friend in my doctor's office who got tickets to the Super Bowl. And I said, well, this is going to be a 12-hour day and bring money, lots of money. Uh, it's going to be dynamic. And I think obviously for the country, uh, Canada, and for the U.S. fans, just see SoFi Stadium from a lot of different angles and dimensions. It's really going to be cool. But it's going to be hot. It's going to be a sauna inside. Uh, we've got excessive heat waves here. Uh, 88 degrees game time kickoff on, on Sunday afternoon out here. And that, of course, that's a semi-enclosed stadium. So that's going to be a bit of a sauna. And I think the coaches have really taken extra extra precautions in the practices leading up uh, to dehydrate or to hydrate uh, the players. Uh, the Rams got chased out of their Thousand Oaks training facility on Wednesday because of the, the heat and the Santa Ana winds, which have blown up again out here on the West Coast. Rams vacated the Thousand Oaks training park and they went and practiced in the Rose Bowl uh, in the intense heat, but they had to leave because leave uh, Thousand Oaks because the winds were 30 to 50 miles an hour. And the Bengals, because of acute cold back in the Midwest, and the fact that Cincinnati does not have an indoor facility, it's the only NFL team that does not have an indoor practice facility. They came out here on Monday, and they've been out here practicing at UCLA. So, I mean, these two teams get to play in really good elements, but it is going to be hot. So it's, that's one of the intangible storylines in terms of do these players hold up? Because when you're inside that building, it, and it's it's hot outside. That building kind of becomes like a sauna. But seventy two thousand fans are going crazy. It's going to be a fun game. I don't think any of us expected uh, these to be the two teams that would get there. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly uh, agree with you on that. I'm over the AFC Championship. I'm at peace with what's happened. I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, and you know what? I got a real soft spot for the Bengals. I mean, this team has stunk for three decades. Um, this is a city that hasn't won a lot. Um, and you could just see how much that this run has meant to everybody in and around uh, in and around Cincinnati. And then you've got the Rams who are playing as favorites at home for an organization that essentially has mortgaged a lot of their future for this exact moment. Um, how much more pressure is there on the Rams because of what's gone into building this team and the fact that they are at home playing as a favorite in the big game against a team that no one thought would be there? Well, there are a lot of layers of storylines, Andrew, uh, to talk about. Uh, you've got the rich owner, Stan Kroenke, whose net worth with his, his wife is probably in excess of $20 billion. Kroenke built SoFi Stadium and paid for it himself. He settled a $790 million lawsuit to the city of St. Louis. He wrote that check on Christmas Eve. Uh, he's he's paid his players, I mean, right up to the, the luxury tax or salary cap. Uh, he's traded away all the future. They do not have, a, have not had a number one pick since 2016. Will not have another number one pick till 2024. So they've, they've built this thing to win right now. And because it's Los Angeles, they got star name players in a lot of different places, Andrew. Cincinnati's on the other street corner. Uh, Mike Brown inherited the franchise from his Hall of Fame father, Paul Brown. Mike Brown has run a, I, I guess the most kindest thing I can say, a cheap organization. Like I said, they, they're the only NFL team that's never built an indoor practice facility for their team. They practice outside in the cold. It's ridiculous. Uh, they've never had a lot of scouting. They've always done it really differently. Didn't have a lot of success. There was a stretch of time here where Mike Brown's team was 55 and 114. Think about that. 
but they, they finally put some good people in place organizationally. And because they were always at the bottom of the standings, they were at the top of the draft board. And they've hit on a lot of draft picks in the last three years because they were so bad. Now they've gotten so good. Uh, this isn't a fluke. And they got a dynamic coach in Zach Taylor who inherited a mess and was on a brick getting fired. And now in his third year, he's got these guys playing this Sunday. So you got ownership coming from very different directions. And, and you are correct about the roster. I mean, the Rams are loaded with star power. The Bengals are loaded with kids with a lot of dynamics and a lot of excitement. Uh, the stage is not too big for Joe Burrow. What this number one draft pick quarterback has proven in his two years at the helm of Cincinnati, despite taking an enormous number of quarterback sacks, what this kid has proven as a leader and as a productive guy is absolutely amazing. They've surrounded him with a lot of firepower. And the Rams... Matthew Stafford, it's, it's a new lease on life. You know, he was a, a great quarterback in a really bad situation in Detroit. It's phenomenal what he's been able to accomplish in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams. And he's surrounded by amazing quality, skilled people at wide receiver and at tight end. And on the other side of the football, he's never played on a team. There's people like Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. And just, so I mean, these, these are two teams that got there from different street corners, but going to be fun well you know the quarterback matchup <clears throat> excuse me lee is fascinating you got matt stafford who you know was another number one overall pick who toiled in detroit for all those years with all those losses um and now he comes as the centerpiece of a team that is one home win away from winning a super bowl and then on the other side you got joe burrow whose whose ascent over the last three years is i mean nearly unprecedented went into his season with lsu as a guy that they thought might be able to sneak into the sixth round of the draft ends up winning the national championship rewriting the record book goes number one overall and now he's the first ever quarterback pick number one to get to the super bowl in just his second year here's my question though for you lee with the game on the line in the fourth quarter who would you rather have behind center, Matt Stafford or Joe Burrow? Doesn't matter. They're both playing Sunday, and they're both really good, and their teams are there because of what those two guys have accomplished. Uh, I'll, I'll say this about Joe Burrow. You look at the wins that Cincinnati piled up this year on the road in games in which I never gave them a chance because they were historically they'd never proven anything except the fact they got the kid quarterback and the kid got battered and the kid got hurt, and he came back from a significant knee injury. He's taken a terrible beating this year on top of what he took last year. But that kid is a winner. He's intellectual. He's uh, fiery. He's accurate. Got a cannon for an arm. He's got all the ingredients to be a superstar. And he has really arrived. Without Joe Burrow, Cincinnati is like you and me watching it on TV at home on Sunday. Uh, in terms of Stafford, he's grown into the role. I mean, he was a big gun quarterback in Detroit. Had to throw it a ton of time because he never put good players around him. He took hits. He got pounded. He threw interceptions. He fumbled the football because he was getting exposed and having to do it by himself. And now you look at where he is. He's over 5,000 yards passing this season. Look at where he is because now he's got good people around him. Uh, I'll, I'll say this about the coaching staffs. I mean, Sean McVay's back in the Super Bowl for the second time in, what, five years? Uh, guy's brilliant. Guy's bold. Uh, I'm going to be interest, interested to see, Andrew, whether he reels in his aggressiveness, because he he cost them timeouts. He made some bad challenges in that NFC Championship game that could have come back and killed him. Uh, and we'll, we'll see if he's a little bit different character 
on the sideline Sunday as to when he throws the challenge flag, how he uses his timeouts. Uh, and in terms of Zach Taylor, what those guys did at halftime for adjustments in that game in Kansas City was stunning. And they did it by changing the defensive front and changing uh, the angles that they rushed the passer and they changing the coverage. They were rushing three guys, dropping eight, and telling Patrick Mahomes, dare you, find Kelsey, find Hill. And Mahomes just came apart in the second half of that football games. So, I mean, you, you look at what Kansas City staff has done and obviously what the Rams staff has proven. So all uh, the X's and O's of this chess game are going to be fun. Now, that being said, the roster, to me, there's not a lot of comparison. I mean, the Rams have firepower everywhere, star power on defense led by Aaron Donald. Cincinnati's got the kid quarterback and three receivers. And the biggest question, I wrote a huge column today on my website, leehacksawhamilton.com. If you like the NFL, go check it out. But the biggest question to me is, can the offensive front in Cincinnati, which I tend to think is their weakest link, can they keep Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, those edge pass rushers, off Joe Burrow? Does Burrow do something different? Do they come out of character? Do they go to hurry up offense, get the ball out of there quickly, up-tempo, and try to wear out the defense? I don't think that they want to try to pound the football They can't afford to have Joe Burrow be behind the chains on third and longs. So I think Cincinnati has to be aggressive, and I guess to a degree, maybe make it a throwing contest. Uh, Conversely, the Rams, I think, have the edge in an awful lot of categories. And the matchup of all these Rams wide receivers and their tight ends against what I think is an understaffed, undersized, undertalented secondary, I think puts Cincinnati at a huge, huge disadvantage. I think the Bengals got to get points every time they have a possession, whether that's sevens or it's Evan McPherson, who's 40 or 45 on field goals, kicking field goals. They're, I think they got to make this game a shootout to stay in. Do you trust the Rams? I, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I'm with you on everything that we've said. But, I mean, I still can't get over what happened in the second half against Tampa, where they literally seemed to do everything possible to first let Tampa back into a game, and a game that they had no business being back in. Um, and it took a couple of like, you know miracle throws to Cooper Cup in that last 30 seconds of the game to escape that. I think back to some of the primetime games earlier this year when so much was expected of the Rams where they came up really small. And then you mentioned McVeigh with some questionable decisions and challenges in the last game. Like, I- I'll say this, Lee. I mean, I agree that they're a more talented team. I'm just not convinced that they put it all together in the biggest game of the season except for the fact they've won eight of their last nine and they've come from behind to do it. You know, the burning question, sidebar question out here on the West Coast is everybody's nominating Kyle Shanahan for Hall of Fame. Well, how many times are you going to blow big leads in most important games of the season and still be regarded as a great, great coach? Hmm. You know, San Francisco butchered another lead. Shanahan's the head coach, just like Shanahan did it a couple of years ago, just like Shanahan did it in Atlanta in that Super Bowl game against New England. So, I think the Rams have earned this. Uh, they're a pretty complete team, and, and it looks as if they're pretty doggone healthy, which is huge uh, just to have Stafford to have all that firepower. We know Cincinnati's hitting on all cylinders. Uh, I, I don't think the stage is going to be too big for Cincinnati. You know, I was the voice of the Chargers, and we went to the Super Bowl, and our town was just so excited. We showed up in Miami for the Super Bowl game, and my God, Steve Young threw six touchdown passes against us. Our guys freaked out in the first 14 plays of the game. 
and we never, never, ever recovered. I don't think this stage is too big for Cincinnati just because I think Joe Burrow is such a leader and such a dynamic guy and such a stable emotional guy. That being said, though, Stafford's going to go down the field on him, and can Cincinnati's secondary hold up when Stafford sends all those guys into the pattern? Hey, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Before we go, Lee, I mean, Super Bowl week is uh, always about much more than just the two teams. We heard from Roger Goodell. Miami Dolphins uh, hired their new head coach. I mean, uh, what were some of the big stories or a fallout from the week leading into the game now that we're solely focused on the Bengals and Rams? Well, off the field, a huge question. Does the Rooney rule work? I might be in the minority. I think it does work. Even though there's a huge outcry, you only hired two minorities to be head coaches in this cycle. There are now five minority coaches. Uh, there's a lot of statistics out there that say the, the, the rule isn't being done correctly. Maybe there's some impl- implication in that. Uh, but all these assistants are getting interviews. I, I went back and did a study this week, Andrew. There are 36 different interviews of minorities by the nine clubs. There are 16 different minorities who were interviewed for coaching, head coaching jobs. Uh, granted, only two of them got hired, but you can't have a quota. You can't tell the owners whom they can hire. All you can do is create the opportunity for the minority coaches. I've, I have had no time at all to do any research on this, but it's the next project I think I'm going to entail. We've had a massive assistant coaches hirings in the last two and a half weeks. I, yesterday, I think there were 13 or 14 assistants that got hired to new staffs, whole flurry more today. A whole bunch of minorities are being added to staffs as coordinators. And the coordinator, Andrew, is the, is the jumping off point to go become a head coach. So if, if I, would, I would bet offense and defensive coordinators, I bet more than half those coaches in the league now are minorities. So that's a stepping stone going forward. There's an intangible thing here. You know, we have 130 Division I college football programs in the nation here in the U.S., and that can be a developing pipeline. And there's only 30 black head coaches out of the 130 colleges in the country. I think it's an area that maybe the NFL can have some impact to get more minorities interviewed, get them hired, which then becomes a pipeline to get them into the NFL system, uh, et cetera. The Rooney Rule thing is not going to go away, not not in the immediate future. But I don't think they should blow it up. Again, I might be in the minority. We ran through a cycle where a lot of black head coaches got jobs, and virtually all of them, with the exception of Mike Tomlin and Denny Green, um, failed. And that, that's a big issue. But they, they were given opportunities. So now we got to get more young guys back in the pipeline so possibly they can get hired. And I, I like what I see. Nobody's written about it yet. I like what I see is happening uh, with coordinators' jobs getting filled, getting filled by big numbers by minorities. I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it certainly is important, um, Lee. Listen, uh, thanks so much. Um, we are always a pleasure talking with you on the uh, uh, on the uh, in the afternoon leading into uh, NFL Sundays, and we'll certainly stay in touch after the big game. But first and foremost, kick back, have a great weekend, and. Uh, enjoy the Rams and Bengals and then get through the most depressing day of the year. The Monday after the Super Bowl with the longest wait till we're back on the field. Nah, disagree because Monday we'll start NFL free agency, which is a week from now. And so there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in the NFL. This is a year round industry. And I know in Canada, the NHL is a year round industry too, but uh, now the NFL here, it'll be really doggone busy. I'm, I'm picking the Rams. I think it's 37-27. Burrow's going to put on a dazzling show. 
And when I get it done, I'm going to send you a story they, they just wrote about Joe, Joe Burrow and his heritage and where he came from in Southeast Ohio and Appalachia, because he grew up in a city that I went to college in at Ohio University, and I know his dad. And it's just a spectacular story of who the kid is and, and what the kid has done. But yeah, it'll be it's going to be a fun game. And then Monday, we step from one storyline into the next storyline and a lot of stuff going on off the field in the NFL. So uh, salute you. What gear are you wearing today? Is that a Super Bowl shirt or? No, um, this is this is just the Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie, Lee. We'll oh, have to okay. send one out to you down in uh, in Southern. I, I, I couldn't do the Super Bowl gear right now. Normally, I was planning on wearing a red 15 jersey, but that's on the shelf for a couple months before they get back out. Uh, hey, I'm with you. I mean, I'm hoping I would lo- I love your prediction. I'd love it for me to you know hit the over. Be a fun game for people to watch and uh, tell you what, I'd love for it to be close in the fourth quarter, but uh, Bengals got a lot on their hands. Cannot wait for it. Lee, let's catch up in a couple weeks and uh, talk about the player movement. Once we get this season put to bed. Yeah. I'm always glad to talk to you. And for all your listeners and viewers and subscribers, check my website. It's absolutely free. And there's not a hell of a lot of things in our world that are free. It's Lee hacksaw, Hamilton.com. Always good to talk to you, especially on beer Friday, IPA baby. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Cheers, Lee. There it is. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Excuse me. Follow on Twitter at Hacksaw1090 and make sure you check out the website at LeeHacksawHamilton.com. All right. Uh, it's Friday afternoon, folks. You know what's coming up. We have a marble race. Uh, we've got one of these hoodies to give away and our friends at Boston Pizza getting ready for the Super Bowl have uh, given us a $50 gift card. So we'll get that into the mix as well this afternoon uh before we do that though if you are at home for the game maybe you've got some kids why not step it up a little bit maybe a trip to the nick and nicky dq one of their four locations to load up on some ice cream treats maybe some blizzards heck maybe a super bowl cake they can handle that for you as well um if you do need a cake hit them up at dq manitoba they'll get it custom made for you ready to pick up at any of the four nick and nicky dq locations with the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And while you're in there, you might want to pick up a few Ultimate Grill Burgers for the fam, maybe some buffalo chicken fingers, fries, and more. Not to mention uh, maybe just a couple boxes of novelties to get you through the next few weeks. Big thanks to Nick and Nikki for their wonderful support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, Canadian Club. Of course, all month of February is on sale at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Of course, Canadian Club teaming up with us with some great prizes for the Marble Race, our liquor sponsor, and of course, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Check out the Canadian Club display with great savings on a Canadian Club Original, Canadian Club 100% Rye, and Canadian Club 12-Year Reserve all month long at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get Remus back in here uh, because, Remo, uh, I know everyone's all fired up for the marble race. I think we need to officially open that up. And while uh, everyone starts uh, spamming the chat with exclamation mark marbles, we can uh, talk a little Super Bowl and get into some of these props over at CoolBet.com. How does that sound? Yeah, I've been going over. Okay, so ready now. So exclamation mark marbles and you'll get in. Some people were trying early. So if you already wrote it, um, you got to do it again. Do it again. As Issue Boy Bruce says, let's get ready to marble. Uh, registration is open. 
for the yeah. Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race right now in the YouTube chat, exclamation mark marbles. Uh, to win, you have to be subscribed, so make sure you press that red subscribe button. And uh, while you're at it, do us a favor and hit that thumbs up as well for helping yeah. us spread the channel. Um, all right, you've been taking a look at. Why don't you start out? Well, first of all, you got a pick in the game. Uh, what are you thinking? We got about a four point spread over under a forty eight and a half. I'm with Lee. I think maybe it'll be close, but I I think the Rams are going to take this. I think their defense. They got the pass rushers to get to Joe Burrow. Uh, Matt Stafford. I mean, I think he's going closer to Hall of Fame caliber if he pulls out a pulls out a win here. Uh, it'd be awesome to see him get the respect that he deserves us after being with the terrible Detroit Lions for so long. And it's amazing to me that you know he's what he's with Calvin Johnson, who set the uh, receiving yards record, and now he's done it with Cooper Cup as well. I think that is extremely impressive. So I like the Rams. I'm going with them. Now there are some. Props that I like, you know. There's some props that Hus that are just fun to bet on, and some props maybe you're actually trying to trying to win. Uh, I think it re really depends. So. Fill us in on a, some of the ones. Oh, and by the way, quickly, just a couple promos. If you mm -hmm. do want to bet the Super Bowl or the Olympics or the Jets, uh, and you haven't before, go to CoolBet.com. Use the promo code WST. Will double your first deposit up to two hundred dollars. Um, so take advantage of that as well as if you're already a cool better, go to the promotions, opt in. If you want to do a bet builder bet for the yes. Super Bowl where you can put a bunch of props together, um, do a $10 bet builder and win or lose, you'll get a free $10 uh, on Monday to bet on uh, whatever the heck you want. So essentially it's a free $10 bet builder bet. Do that opt in and uh, of course that's all there at cool bet uh, okay Remo, what were some of the other props that you've been uh, sniffing around on while people slam in the chat exclamation mark marbles to uh, register sure. for the race coming okay. up in just a couple minutes Here's, i like going so we're on cool bet here i like going touchdowns this is a fun one um i mean not fun but i'll start i'll start small i can't even remember where i found them all either way matt stafford I like Matt Stafford to score a touchdown. Um, that one was anytime touchdown plus rushing seven, touchdown for rushing. Stafford. Well, it can be a receiving, but yeah, anytime touchdown. Yeah, I feel like they've had problems uh, punching it in with uh, Sony Cam Akers. He's been shown to do it before uh, from the one plus seven fifty. That's a long shot. Now I'm not. I mean, I'm not super confident, but sure, I, I would throw a bit on there. Burrow was plus five fifty. Or first touchdown. So there's there's one that I will throw out there. You know what? I'm going to keep I'm, going, or you want to alternate? I can give I, you a couple. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just rattle off okay. a few of them, and then you can uh, get the uh, the race ready while I go through sure. a bunch of mine. That's a good plan. Stafford over five and a half rushing yards. He's hit that in all the playoff games. He's hit. Yeah, I think he had six. Um, he had a couple in the other one against Arizona. I like that. Uh, this is a fun one. If you want to bet this one. You know, this is something fun to cheer for. Total players to attempt a pass over two and a half plus one forty-five. You're hoping Will there be a Philly special? Yeah, you're hoping for anyone other than a quarterback. So I think that's kind of fun. Okay, this is one I actually think you can win on. Okay, cross sport prop. Canada men's goals versus China minus one oh five against the number of Rams players to have a reception. So USA just beat China eight nothing. The line on Rams players to have a reception is six and a half. Do you think Canada can score more than eight goals against China? Uh, I think they should be able to, to get it done. 
I, that that's just like a fun one. Um, position of first. I'll just do a couple. I got a couple more. Uh, position of first touchdown score. I think there's val- tight end plus five hundred. You get uh, Uzoma, who's kind of hurt, but they've gone to him before, or Higby on um on uh is he playing i actually haven't really been following tight it tight or, is it, or is it the other guy I, they're both kind of banged up because yeah the other guy came in for higby in the conference fine the conference championship and was awesome i was like who is this guy blanton he's yeah. great <laughs> um so plus five first tight end tight end first score and then two more um you know we've seen some major receiving yards this year from jamar chase cooper cup too chase has had two games of over 200 yards any player uh, to set the record for receiving yards in a Super Bowl at 216 plus 1,200. Now, that's just like a fun long shot if you're a big Jamar Kate Chase guy. And uh, I always like betting this one. Collar of the first liquid poured on the winning coach. I'm a fan of correlating the liquid to the team color. I don't think that actually has worked, but it's a fun <laughs> theory. I'm pretty sure that is not the case the last couple of years. But blue plus 265, orange plus 325. And I think. Um, Clear is plus three twenty-five. I think clear might be, I haven't actually done research on that, but I yeah, like cor- I like one, I didn't mind the number on the blue or the green or yellow. Yeah. Um, which is, is one of those that I think that you know it is in there. So okay, those are excellent. All right, folks. Uh we can officially last call for marbles, yeah, exclamation mark marbles. We we did have close some, it up. Sorry, close it up. You did have some Jets notes actually during the thing. Okay, well, you know, what? let's get to you, those in just a second. Yeah, Let me just fin- finish off so, on this. Am I closing this? Uh, yeah, yeah, close it and let's uh, let's get it ready to go, and then we'll drop the Jets notes before we uh, we officially start the marble race. Uh, I'm going to start off with the cross sport prop. This is the, the opportunities you don't normally get. And Remus, I'm not sure whether he was listening to the lock shop or not. I did get in uh, that same bet: Canada men's hockey team total goals versus China versus Rams players to have a reception. It's minus 105 for Canada and the total goals. And then being a guy that loves watching the curling, here's another great one. Uh, Canada, USA, men's curling total points versus Joe Burrow rushing yards. And I'm going to take Joe Burrow in that, and I'm also going to take Joe Burrow over 11 and a half yards, uh, partly thinking that, you know, at some point he might be running for his life from uh, those edge rushers on the Rams. Uh, but just ask Chris Jones of the Chiefs. Uh, Joe Burrow's not an easy guy to get down and, you know, has a deceiving quickness uh, and certainly a great vision for the field. So I kind of think that he'll be forced into, you know, a few scrambles. I think he certainly can get the over 11 and a half. And I think that, you know, if he even gets a little bit more than that, it should comfortably be ahead of the total points between Canada and the USA in the men's curling. Um, there's a couple other funny ones for you Raptors fans Raptors total assists versus the Nuggets versus the Bengals team total points including overtime and another one that I do like I'm quite high on T Higgins Higgins you can get plus money a plus 108 on over five and a half receptions sort of with Lee I think the Bengals are going to be throwing all day Um, and the uh, Higgins receptions versus Total rounds completed in the Adesanya Whitaker main event of UFC 271 is even money. I'm going to take it, you know, with the five and a half. So uh, obviously, if you get six, no matter what, you're beating that. And there's always a chance that UFC fight could end earlier. So I do like that one as well. Um, uh, you know, as in check out today's lock shop. We've got way more props in there. Uh, but I do like the Bengals 
against the spread. I'm going to take it at plus four and a half at minus 114. I'm liking the over 48 and a half in the game. And Joe Burrow's over on passing yards at 275 and a half. I think they're just simply going to have to do it. And even if the Rams get up, you know, in the second half, uh, you know, there might be some garbage time yards for Joe Burrow, maybe even a backdoor cover. My favorite pit prop, though, is the Jamar Chase long reception over 26 and a half. And when you do go to CoolBet, check out in the uh, in the uh, in the the margin the boosted odds parlays. And if you go there, we've got our final NFL lock shop partner parlay of the year. I did my own prop. Dusty did a prop and Chris did a prop and we all put them together. Chris boosted. This bet is at 11 to one plus 1100. Here's what it is. The chase longest reception over 26 and a half yards. Dusty's going with Cooper cup, most scrimmage yards in game. Uh, and that one, I think, on the book is plus 210. And then Chris is taking Evan McPherson to have more kicking points than Matt Gay, the kicker for the Rams. So McPherson kicking points, Chase longest reception over 26 and a half, and Cooper Cup most scrimmage yards in game. If you like that, ride with us. We got to boost it up to 11 to 1, and that is available over at the Lock Shop Boosted Partner Parlay. One other bet that I will mention that many of you, if you don't have any skin in the game, will uh, maybe like to check out the halftime first song to be played during the halftime show. Lots of money coming in on Eminem's Lose Yourself. Uh, minus 244 the next episode is plus 125 uh but i'm sort of liking potentially a couple more longer shots still dre is plus eight plus 550 and california love plus 850 and that might be a great way to get things going for uh, for the big party down in california uh so it's all there there's also a prop on the color of eminem's hair when first shown now uh, it's all there at cool bet uh, and of course, don't forget a basically a free $10 bet builder. Uh, if you bet $10 on a Super Bowl bet builder, you'll get a free $10 bet to use on Monday. Just make sure you go to the promotions and opt in for that. Uh, all right, Remo, how are we looking for uh, for the marble race? Yeah, we're I'm I'm all set. I just got to pick the course, uh, basically. So what's good? Thanks everyone who typed in marbles. Uh, we did have one person in chat who kept typing it repeatedly who I had to time out. So, uh, oh, just really? Type, just type it once, please. Just type hey, it once. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, talk to our buddy Oleg about what happens if you uh, spam the chat a little bit too much. Uh, we'll see if, well, you're going to see free Oleg in a minute when we, uh, when we drop the music. Uh, while you're getting that ready, uh, fill us in on the, uh, the Jets notes uh, that yeah, uh, emerged I mean, while we were talking to Hacksaw and Phil DeSantos. It's not a major no, but I do enjoy the TSN trade bait list. I mean, everyone's got their, I mean, Frank Cervelli has his trade targets. The Athletic has their trade board or whatever name they want to call it. But Andrew Kopp is on the TSN trade bait list coming in at number 15. So... I don't think that's a surprise. He's the, after the year. He's the only Jet on the list. Uh, there's actually one non-player on the list. Uh, Arizona's cap space coming in at number 10. I always love it. They put cap space they'll, number they'll put, 10. They'll put like this contender or Colorado Avalanche's first round pick on the trade bait board. No, that, that's not on there. The only non-player is cap space. And speaking of Arizona, actually, Jacob, <laughs> speaking of Arizona, Jacob Chitrin is number one. Actually, former Jet Ben Schrott, number two. M.A. Fleury, number three. Giroux, four. Klingberg, five. Sorry, they're playing Dallas. But 
Speaking of Arizona, we got to get into this. The announcement yesterday. 5K. That they're going to play Arizona Coyotes. What happened? An agreement to play in a temporary facility. Temporarily play in Tempe. And they're 5,000 feet. 5, temporarily. I, three I years, man. Three I, years. I can't. In the ASU University rink with a capacity of 5,000. In the National Hockey League. I can't believe that this is actually going to happen. It's actually, it's actually disgusting when you think of how much... You know, if they would have just moved the Coyotes in 2011 when they almost came to Winnipeg, and they put them in Quebec City or Kansas City, someplace that could actually fill a building, how much more revenue would they have made? And I think if you're an owner, you've got to be pissed off that these guys are going to be getting revenue sharing. They can't even have a regular-sized building. This seems like insanity to me to even consider that have them having play in a 5,000-seat arena for three years. And they're like, oh, yeah, they don't even have a plan. There's no plan to get another arena. It's not like, okay, they have shovels in the ground on another one. There is nothing. And the, and the guy already didn't pay. Like, the Suns want nothing to do with them because they didn't pay their taxes and there's all the issues with Glendale. Like, yeah, the Suns point, would prefer the Coyotes just beat it. Please, they got to pull the plug already. The NHL would have been better off if they would have just done it 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, no. So you got Austin Matthews as like the one guy from Arizona who made the NHL. Like, great. Well done. After <laughs> Listen, all this. Houston, Kansas City, uh, central time zone. Perfect for the division. Uh, who knows? I mean, I guess they'll try this next year. But you have to wonder, I mean, how are they going to be able to function as a regular member of the league with a capacity about 25% of many of the rinks in the league and even 33% of the next smallest building, which is right here in Winnipeg. Um, anyways, we'll have lots of time next week to talk hockey and some of the big stories around the league. Of course, our focus is on the Winnipeg Jets. Huge game tonight against the Dallas Stars, 7.30 puck drop, and then right back at it tomorrow in Music City against the Nashville Predators. All right. Um, so while Remote gets this set up, I'll let you know. First prize, one of these hoodies, Winnipeg Sports Talk, Canadian Club. We got a new shipment coming in in the next week or so, so we should have all sizes. And special for today, shout out to our friends at Boston Pizza. Great spot to watch the Super Bowl with your friends. Specials going on all day long. And uh, Super Bowl jerseys for both the Bengals and the Rams being given away at your local Boston Pizza. And we've got a $50 gift certificate for second place in today's marble race. So two prizes, hoodie, as always, number one, the championship marbles hoodie for our winner. Uh, but second place will also get a prize today. And that's a $50 GC from Boston Pizza. So if you are the winner of either first or second place, make sure to send us an email. Do us a favor and get it right afterwards because uh, I'll hook you up with the BP people and get that gift certificate sent over, hopefully in time for the weekend. All right, Remote, three o'clock just after. I think it's time to let them roll. Once again, thanks to Tristan Rivers Music, the uh, the muse of Winnipeg's digital sports scene, and along with Candace for uh, that great 
introduction for everyone's favorite part of the week on Winnipeg Sports Talk, and that is the marble race. Uh, all right, how many marbles in uh, in today, and uh, what course are we doing, Reem? Uh, I have this one ready. Hold on, I have this one ready. It is the factory. Oh, yeah, the factory. We're rolling in a winter wonderland, going to the factory. Uh, how many marbles are in? 156. Nice. 156. 156, everyone. Make sure you've hit subscribe. We're just about a 200 thumbs up. If you haven't hit the thumbs up, yeah. please do that. And uh, without further ado, heading into the Super Bowl weekend, two big games for the Jets. Let's get some positive vibes for the marbles right now. And uh, let's drop them. I'll do that. I do, I do want to give a show before I hit the uh, drop us that. Oh, I had the. Sorry, it was coming in a bit hot there. Um, hold on one sec. I'll just hit start. Let's just get it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go. Someone says, did we do the factory last week? I don't remember. Did we? We have done many, many different, many different courses. We should do some sort of a a historical stat. If anyone wants to go through the Friday shows and, uh, you know, mark down the, the courses that we did in the winners, we probably should have done that live as we were doing it. But, uh, we have not done that up until this point. Um, we are into oh, we're into the factory. This could be a very, very interesting. Last week was an absolute graveyard. Less than half of the marbles that started the race actually made it across to the finish line. Uh, oh. So we'll see how this. Thing I want to say go long is in first. I really hope go long doesn't win because they spammed uh, the exclamation mark marbles and I had to time time them out. So I can't oh, believe wow. go long even got in there. And typed it so many times, so they're they're toast. If they win, I'm they're not giving them the prize. <laughs> no, I'm making a commissioner's call. Got we, a DQ? Yeah, it's DQ. Golong's not eligible. Sorry. Well, Golong is uh, Golong is looking pretty good so far. Although Nicole J is now up into the mix. Uh, who? Oh, Sponge MC, big big move going into the funnel, looking good. Dan Milburn, Shane Mason. Who else do we have here? No, Dan Milbert. Oh, Dan Milbert out. T. Will out. Oh, we're getting some major eliminations here. Earl James, Sia, Chris Vermette, you're done. Jet Oil Tom, bye-bye. Jason Jet. too bad. Uh, what was this, the Paper Ninja? Yeah, Paper, Paper Ninja. Paper Ninja. Wilson. Wilson Wong. Paper Ninja seems to be in first. Could it be? Paper Ninja's in. And... Wilson Wong is in second. Nicely done. There are our winners. So Paper Ninja, congratulations. We've got the hoodie for you. Send us an email with your contact info and what size you wear. We'll let you know whether we've got one for you right now or we'll wait till the shipment comes in next week. And Wilson Wong, nicely done, my friend. You are a winner of a $50 Boston Pizza gift certificate. So uh, do us a favor, send us an email at winnipegsportstalk.com. Uh, get us your phone number, your name, and maybe your email, and then I'll pass it over to the Boston Pizza folks, and they will get you hooked up. Um, a pretty pretty solid top 10. Paper Ninja number one, Wilson Wong two, John D, Benjamin Gann, Dino Apostolopoulos, Oh, how's that for excellent pronunciation? Barry Horowitz, myself. Uh, Manny Fran, Mark Mfanasuk. I probably didn't do as great a job of uh, pronouncing Mark's last name, but uh, lots of letters. 
Tim Gertson, Patrolman Pete, and Shane Mason are top 10 for today. Still waiting on Comet and uh, Key to uh, finish it up. We do see the rest of the track burning now. Uh, but everyone got in. Everyone got out of the end. And there you have it. Paper Ninja, another first-time ever winner. And uh, Wilson Wong, you picked a great day to finish second because we've got that BP gift certificate for you. Uh, man, what a great way to finish off a really awesome week, Reem. Uh, and, you know, we should thank everyone again for, uh, you know, all the, you know, kind notes. Um, and, man, the amount of people that have been popping into the show. It's been a huge week. Record downloads for us on the podcast. Huge numbers on YouTube. And uh, everyone having a great time the last couple days, bringing back some of the old 1290 boys to uh, have some fun on the program. Yeah, we got a great comment on our YouTube uh, video from yesterday. Uh, so go watch that or go check the comments. I can't read it. It was very long, but very appreciative of of all the comments that we get. It's awesome. And I do want to give, I'll do a plug uh, us for our social media feeds. We're posting some good clips on our uh, Instagram Instagram channel, uh, Sports Talk WPG, and same thing on TikTok. I'm blowing well. up on TikTok, apparently. Hustler was blowing up on TikTok yesterday. He posted a video of you explaining Canada's quest for the World Cup. And uh, all these soccer hardos has got in there and were like, it's called football, not soccer. And uh, <laughs> they were just arguing with each other in the comments. There were like 40 comments. And I was like, we're in North America. It's called soccer here. Like, that was your line. <laughs> and like you can't be a soccer gatekeeper you know you gotta yes. accept the fact i agree you gotta accept the fact that it's football in europe and it's soccer here i don't know why i don't i don't care but that's what it is come on i don't know be... why is because we've got canadian football and the national football league and that's just the way it is some things are called different things in different countries folks mm. get over it deal with it but yes no gatekeeping everybody on board for Canada soccer, great to have Phil DeSantos. And uh, we'll have to maybe do like a WST night at a Valor game this week. We'll all get mm -hmm. down there in the trench, have a few cold ones, and uh, cheer on the squad. Lots of fun out there. And uh, you know what? I know Taylor's working right now, so she's probably not in right now, but uh, one of our uh, all-time great supporters. Um, and she is a hardcore member of the Valor Army. So we'll get some tips from Taylor, and we'll get out and do a game at some point this season. Now, Folks, thanks so much for an awesome week. We really appreciate the support. Um, and a huge thank you to our sponsors. Don't forget Boston Pizza at 925-4111 if you want to make uh, some reservations at your local Boston Pizza. Amazing specials all day and some great prizes as well for Super Sunday. Um, of course, Royal Sports. You can get your gear before the game. Pop on down and see them at 750 Pemina Highway. Not Auto Court, Manitoba Battery. Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, Little Brown Jug. Going to be a few of those happening this weekend, I think, beginning uh, in about 20 minutes. Uh, Princess <laughs> Auto, <laughs> Nick and Nicky DQ Group, uh, Canadian Club, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. About 400 plus props available for you if you do want to bet on the Super Bowl. And uh, just quickly on the way out, I should have mentioned, I know we were all into the Super Bowl. What's the Jets line tonight? Jets oh. plus 132 on the road to beat the Dallas Stars. See if we can get to two in a row. And then, of course, back at it tomorrow against the Nashville Predators. Super Sunday, Bengals, Rams. And uh, we'll be covering it all on Monday's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Shout out to Michael Remus, killing it as always. Thanks to everyone that joined us today live on YouTube in the chat. Appreciate everyone listening to the podcast as well. Do us a favor. Get on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
uh, give us a five-star rating and a nice little review. Really helps us promote the channel. And uh, other than that, enjoy the game tonight. Canada-USA after Jets-Dallas. Don't forget about that. Hopefully our curlers can uh, get a few more wins on the weekend. And I uh, can't wait to break it all down with you on Monday's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk, live at 1 o'clock on YouTube. Have a great weekend, everyone, and thanks again. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.